does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. All right, welcome in. It's a football Friday here on The Fan. Thanks for waking up with us. Do we think KB is going to be listening at any point today when he drives to We Grow Hair Indy to have a robot work on that beautiful scalp of his? Well, I think he said that he was going in about the time about that our show o'clock. was going, yeah. so he might be listening. So in the next hour or so, will KB be listening? I'm God sure speed, Kevin. Uh, we'll be checking in with that. That's Mark Dykton hanging out with us. Uh, he's on the other side. Instead of... Instead Instead of sitting four feet that way, sitting four feet this way, uh, I'm Andy Sweeney. And, of course, we got you for the next three hours here on the Wake Up Call. As always, broadcasting live from the DriveHubler.com studios. Greg Rakestraw going to be joining us in the 8 o'clock now, uh, hour. Uh, Tony East going to join us in the uh, 9 no, o'clock Al- hour. Alex Golden. Oh, Alex Golden. Did I? Did I, Was I wrong with that? Did you I think wrong. it was Tony East? You were wrong. <laughs> That's okay. Tony was on with uh, he was on yesterday Kevin, with uh, maybe Quarry that was it. Uh, it's a fr- that's the kind of Friday it's going to be. And here's the thing: I have had precious little conversation with who is producing for us today. Uh, I don't even know technically how to say your name. Is it Kylan? Is that how I say your name? It sure is. Oh, there we go. There go. All right. So look at you. Yeah. So it's going to be a fun Friday. I don't like Mark that you're wearing uh, Chicago. It's not a Chicago Bears shirt, but I. Feel Feel like it's a it's a Chicago Bear Chicago themed. Bear colors yeah, yeah the colors you, you guys I know you're trying to get some of the top picks uh, you, uh, you sure sort of keep like winning it. football games last what night what a barn burner that game was. Now, hey I took that under I know Hammer wasn't on with us yesterday but I have to believe somewhere he was pounding the hell out of that under it was like 38 and a half or 39 I mean that was like an Iowa and like <laughs> Northwestern uh, it, score it was Minnesota Purdue it's the yeah. game that's going to be happening uh, in West Lafayette that game was about as exciting as like Ugh. taking a Nyquil and and trying not to fall asleep, <laughs> but the Bears hold off the Carolina there Panthers 16-13, and what now, a 42% chance at the number one overall pick because they've oh, got Carolinas yeah. and they've got their own, so... Uh- Pretty solid night Adam, if you're a Bears Adam fan. Thielen was dumping on the offense and Frank Reich after the game, so that's going to be a one and done situation. Not the Colts fans should care; they got their guy. Uh, so whatever. That was a crappy Thursday night football. That's the way Week Ten of the NFL season got going. Two three nine ten seventy again. Hanging out with you up until ten o'clock today. Um, the primetime schedule the rest of the week doesn't get oh, any it's, better. It's by so the way, bad. if you if so you thought Bears and Panthers stunk, <laughs> boy, you're in for it the rest. <laughs> Get ready for Jets and Raiders. All right, as and, and then a it's bunch what, of other Bills and Broncos or something. Love My it. God, absolutely love it. So, uh, Colts uh, there in Germany. We'll dive into that a ton as we go. No Matt Taylor today. We believe he will be going through customs. Mark, right when he usually would be coming on with us, which made us have this conversation. Man, we got to get our we got to get our guy Maytay up there a couple days earlier yeah. so he can get some German beer get some sauerkraut and kind of enjoy the lay of the land, right? You would think so, yeah. I mean, he's not going to get to see anything. This is a legit business trip for him where he's like, I'm going through customs, I call a game, oh, I'm going right man. back through customs. That's the worst. I've covered like Final Fours and things like that and usually, you know, you can go out and have fun, as much uh, fun as you can have with a bunch of stuffy media members and stuff like that, but uh, you know, everyone else, if you're there covering a team, everyone else there is having fun. Like, if you ever cover something in New Orleans, oh. there is a time you have to 
work and you know like literally five streets away uh, you know there, there might be flashing of body parts and there might be all sorts of debauchery and sin going on while you're covering a press conference. You look over at Bourbon Street like <laughs> oh man. Been there been there done that. Uh, okay so a number of things that I want to get into today. Obviously the Colts uh, it's it, it, it's it's such a corny sports radio thing uh, but we will dive into the difference between four and six and five and five and make no mistake about it uh, this fan base you guys as Indianapolis Colts fans let's be honest about it and we'll talk more about this as we go over the next couple hours you hate the New England Patriots you don't like the Patriots you haven't liked the Patriots ever but you most definitely have not liked the New England Patriots Mark for the last couple decades yeah. and I know Mac Jones stinks and I know Bill Belichick is at the end and I know probably their top what three or four, including Judon defenders, are not in, right? They're in injured players. Mm-hmm. They're an injured battered team. We know they want to stop the run, but this is, and we all know that they have no weapons. We all know they have a slow running back. We all know that the Bill Belichick getting a fifth round guy and relying on a bunch of undrafted guys or late round guys We all understand that it is caught up to the New England Patriots, and we all know that a loss on Sunday to Shane Steichen, Jonathan Taylor, Gardner Minshew, and the Indianapolis Colts perhaps could bury Bill Belichick, perhaps could even mean... Okay, now I don't think this is going to happen, but it could mean that Bill Belichick does not even finish the season. At least you will be on the forefront of those rumors. And so make no mistake about it, uh, as ugly of a game as this could be on Sunday, the Colts need to win the game. And listen, I, I know the Colts, even if they go 5-5, five and five, are they going to make the postseason? Probably not. Probably okay, not. I mean, let's just, we. I, I think everyone understands that. Now, do they, w- will they make things interesting if they go 5-5 five and five, and in a couple weeks they can come back to Lucas Hole and finally win a game and beat the Tam- uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers? The answer is yes, they would make things interesting. Make no mistake about it we don't like the Patriots they don't like you and that's just what it's about and so yes I, I have a buddy who's a Patriots fan it's like everyone's still mad about the Patriots like no people still want to beat the Patriots even though you have a crappy team and make no mistake about it they have a bad team uh coming in on Sunday so we will dive into that Ray gonna join us in the eight o'clock hour uh I am efforting a couple guys in the Boston area so we'll see if any of that comes to fruition in the next hour and a half or so the other thing uh, and I almost called you KB. That's okay. It, it is okay. It'd be fine. Uh, by the way, I don't think he. I think he's a little nervous about his procedure today. Oh, he is. He's so little... we told him to pop the air, put the AirPods in, and listen to whatever Notre Dame basketball podcast that I told him. Maybe <laughs> don't do that there. because they want him to sit still. I'm sure the robot doesn't want him moving, and if oh, he gets man. all wound up, he might be bouncing around. Like, hey, the the robot might make an error. And Kylan, are you are you? Uh, I hope I didn't butcher your name. What are you a fan of any particular team? Do you care at all? All the things that we'll yell and scream about today do you care about any of them <laughs> you're doing great with the name good job andy Thank i you. 
am not a huge football person. I'm always a soccer person. So now that my boys in blue season is okay. done, I have less interest. You have in sports, less interest, but I'm always happy to see my Colts play. We will. We will talk no no soccer today. So it's okay. We'll talk, talk Jake no might rant about today. the Indy Eleven Stadium at some point. Who would Jake? 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 Yeah. He's not awake. What time does he wake up? Eleven oh, fifteen. We have four hours shows until at noon. So eleven yeah, fifteen. We have four hours until Jake Query yeah. uh, shows up. Now the other thing, and it happened last night, and there are several things here. The Indiana Pacers. And I, I have been, you know, taking this job, Mark, following an NBA team was one thing that really excited me. The ins and outs of the season, the style of the game. The style of the game is obviously so different than college basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, at times, college basketball, in a lot of ways, can be a difficult watch. Guys can't make shots. Guys can't get to the bucket. If you get down eight points, you feel like you're down. 88 points, right? I mean, the shortening of the game, the shot clock being 30 seconds, the milking of the shot clock, and and all of that. And so the Pacers last night, I, I think there's a few things. And I think last night, you got to see if you went to GameBridge, or hell, if you're even just a Pacer fan, Didn't you get to see what you wanted to see? In other words, you got to see your team win, and you got to see Giannis do something that's pretty special all at the same time. But Giannis did something special, and he didn't beat you. You got to win the game with Giannis playing the way that he did. And, you know, I'm watching that game last night. And I think, I mean, obviously you're down nine with, you know, uh, eight minutes to go. You're down ten with seven minutes to go. And they kind of make a run, does Milwaukee, with Giannis on the bench. 5.45, the last time he hit a field goal. 5.15, the last time he hit a free throw. And down the stretch, turning the ball over. You have to feel good, as uh, Carlisle did in Again, he'll join us on Tuesday here on the program. Um, You have to feel good about the way they weathered a storm. Now, they also gave up an 18-point lead in the first half. Uh, But that is what the ebbs and flows of an NBA game is. That you can get up, you know it's going to lock in in the third and fourth quarters. And that's what the Pacers were able to do back-to-back nights here in pivotal games. uh, One against a bad team in the Utah Jazz and one against a team that very well could be sitting in the NBA Finals in a couple months in the Milwaukee Bucks. And I got to be honest, even when, you know, the Pacers are down nine with eight minutes to go, whatever it was, down 10 with seven minutes to go, I didn't think the Pacers were going to win the game. I thought even with Dame Lillard, and by the way, if these teams want to rest against the Pacers, great. Yeah, go ahead. Great, go ahead. Go right ahead. Rest all freaking season long. The other thing, so I didn't think they were going to win uh, when they're down 10, uh, you know, seven minutes to go, whatever it is, and, and they come back and they close the game down in the final few minutes the way they did that. Utah, you're talking about a DNA of a team, what they did with Utah uh, and what they did last night with Milwaukee. But the story is Benedict Matherin. 
And, you know, back we, to back really good uh, games. Yeah, I mean, we talk about in this market, uh, you know, the stars that are going to be in this market. And Halliburton is one of those. And you sure as hell hope that Anthony Richardson ends up being one of those. And you know, DeForest Buckner is one of those. And you know, Jonathan Taylor is one of those. And uh, we can keep going down the list. But we're talking about guys, like, I think Pitt, Pittman's a heck of a player. But we're talking about guys at the very top of where they are. And Benedict Matherin has been kind of that linchpin this season. Is he going to take the next step? And there has been a lot of, and I understand it, micromanaging of his game. Is he scoring enough? And then Carlisle comes on with us and he's like, yes, it's about scoring. You hear him in these post-game press conferences. Yes, it's about scoring, but it's about all these other things as well. It's about his passing. It's about his defense. There was, what, two, three minutes left in that game, and Matherin makes a strip of Giannis. And he's running down the floor, and he's charged up, and he's giving you the fist pump. That's, oh, on, yeah. a de- that's on a defensive play. That's not after a big dunk. That's not after a fancy offensive play. That's not after a deep three-pointer that gives you the lead. That's after a defensive play. And this is a young player. And, you know, with Halliburton being good and with the team being deep and with so many solid parts, so many and, and good coaching on top of it, the maturation of this guy, and can he get into the, hey, we're talking about him like we talk about Anthony Richardson, like we hope we talk about Anthony Richardson, like we talk about Jonathan Taylor, like we talk about Halliburton, uh, and this guy is such a key, and how how is he going to develop over the course of this season, you had to be worried. What, Mark? The first six games-ish? Seven games-ish? You just had to be a little bit worried of, hey, how long is this going to take? And the last two games, he has proven to be one of the better players on the floor. Career-high 11 rebounds last night, 20 rebounds in the last two games, six assists in the last two games, uh, shooting 50% the last two games. Hell, last night, 4-7 from three the night before 3 of 7, well over 40% uh, when you look at those percentages. And Ben Matherin, is he becoming, you know, that B-level player? Is he going to be able to be that uh, A-level player? To me, that's the fun and that's the conversation. And the last two games have to make you feel pretty good if you're an Indiana Pacers fan. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of times last season where Benedict Matherin would kind of disappear in games. You're like, is he playing? What, What happened? Where'd he go? These last this this start of the season has been something that I think all Pacers fans have been looking forward to. He's taking the steps in the right direction. He's contributing big time on offense. He's contributing on defense. He brings that fire and that energy to a team. I like a lot of what he does. Obviously, Kevin is a huge fan of Benedict Matherin as well. And you overcame a Giannis game, which we yeah. were previewing yesterday. Rick. This is a probably Giannis revenge game because he's mad at the refs because they got teed up and got ejected yeah, and 50 points because 54 of it. <laughs> points and yeah he exploded and yeah the Pacers at one point got off to like what was it, like 30 to 8 at one point I'm like I don't think this lead is going to last sure enough here come the Bucks, but the Pacers able to persevere get the 126 to 124 win 6 and 3 on the season 5 and 2 at home that is a very good start to the year and now you got back to back games against the 76ers coming up so they got another big test coming yeah, up who, they're good I mean the, six, the oh, yeah. Sixers are good uh, and you know they'll be better without James Harden go out and get another player at some point. The only bugaboo this season, you know, basically is the final seconds against Charlotte. 
Yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at that's the only bugaboo. So and that Bulls game was yeah. a bit weird. That was a, that was one where they were just turning the ball over left and right. That that was an odd one. The as, Bulls as slowed well. them down. They scored 105 yeah. points. That's not the way the Pacers uh, want to execute. And then last night, uh, who hit the who hit the three that was the last play of the game? Let me look that up real quick. So, so do you follow these things at all? You, do you know where I'm going with this? No, Mark. This okay, like a scoregami thing. Well, what are you at doing? the at the end of the game, Chris Middle hit a three-pointer to make it 126-124. So it was 126-121 with 2.1 seconds to go. The spread was three or three and a half, depending if you you had the hook or not. And you're up five. So the game's over. There's 2.1 seconds to go. They they inbound and Middleton splashes a three. Mark, with 0.1 seconds left on the clock. Did that cost you? It did not cost me. But I know people it did cost. Uh, So if you had Pacers, uh, if you had Pacers, what, minus three? Is that what it ended up being? that you were probably in trouble there, but that's fun. I mean, that that's just fun stuff last night at GameBridge. Did, did you have any Bally's issues? I had no Bally's. I saw okay. a couple people tweeted at us a couple people had about issues. Bally's. Yeah. I had no issues. In fact, I went back this morning and even rewatched part of the game and had no issues. So uh, we're good to go there. Let's take our first break. We'll get to a check down. Rake Straw going to join us at 8 o'clock. Coming up at 7.30 as well. Uh, Shaq Leonard cannot stop talking about how disappointed he is. And I'm disappointed that Shaq Leonard has to continue to talk about it and boy the difference between someone like Leonard and someone like Buddy Heald who Heald is not off to one of his you know great seasons his numbers are basically including points and minutes are down across the board so I want to dive into that what do we think is going to happen with the Colts it's a big weekend uh, week 10 in the NFL we'll dive into that like I said Rake Straw uh, coming your way at 8 o'clock uh, we got Golden at 9 o'clock not Tony East right, we have yes. uh, uh, Alex so Golden. We'll talk to Alex Golden. Uh, we'll do that, and we'll hang out with you until 10 o'clock. Hanging out with you here on The Fan, it's the wake-up call, 93.5107.5 The Fan. All right, we've been talking about it. Pacers, winners, 126-124 over the Bucks. Big win last night, now 6-3 and three on the season. Mark mentioned it last segment, 5-2 and two at home are the Indiana Pacers. Uh, that was a big win last night. I, I don't mind saying it. That, that, was, a, that was a hefty win uh, I said by on the Twitter, Pacers. It's one of the signature wins that we've been asking for. I mean, it, they, there's countless times in years past where those are games that the Pacers would have lost, and they held them off. They they held off Giannis's 54 points and they got a huge win on a very nice court by the way I, I, like, I like that court design I, a lot I'm good with it I, I don't know why like I, I know some people are like ah, I don't know the one last week people are like ah, I don't know it's too flashy to me it was fine Rick Carlisle uh, post game talked about the win feels good this is a you know this is a hard stretch of games you know playing five in a row at home in this period of time is is really difficult it's just um, for a lot of reasons but winning four of the five is a, is a really a great job, you know. Tonight was there was a lot of emotions. The very intense game. Crowd was great. You know, obviously we had to deal with a player that was extraordinarily hot and on a roll, and you know, very very difficult to deal with. And in the last three minutes, did two or three things defensively that we really haven't worked on this year. And talked about him in, in a little bit at halftime, but in huddles. And our guys did an amazing job of executing the double teams and the swarming. And it just came down to, you know, whichever team wanted it a little more than the other. And um, 
and our guys really wanted it, and I, and I know Milwaukee did too. Off to Philadelphia, going to be one of those Sunday, Tuesday, both games in Philly. Sunday's game beginning at 6 o'clock, Tuesday at 7 o'clock. On the NFL field, oh, the big one, the big the big game of the year. The Bears got the 16-13 <laughs> slobber knocker win over the Carolina Panthers. Deontay Foreman, 21 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Tyson Bajan was all right. He was all right, 20 for 33 for 162 you see they yards. Both, you see both quarterbacks average 4.9 per completion. Oh, like I, said, I was just looking at the box score. Everybody was balling out last <laughs> The leading night. rusher for was Chuba Hubbard for them. Nine carries, 23 yards. Miles Sanders touched the ball twice for negative five yards. Mm-hmm. That's the guy they gave the big contract to in the offseason yeah, was Miles yeah. Sanders. He was one of my sleeper picks in my fantasy yeah. league. He's not started in a few weeks now. <laughs> he's still, so the Bears get well, the win. He's still they moved, sleeping. They moved to three to, three and seven. They have now a 42% Oof. chance at the number one overall pick, by far the highest around the NFL because they have that Carolina pick. Now both teams are off for 10 days, but that's how a year week 10 slate of the NFL season gets started. Boy, Again, that's Colts, brutal. Colts Patriots starting your your. Week 10 Sunday slate at 9.30 in the morning, so put an extra pot of coffee Ooh. on there. I can't wait for that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. You know I don't love these games, but I do love seeing them uh, at 9.30. All right, uh, we talked about this yesterday. Some Colts news. Brayden Smith, full participant on Wednesday, back at it on Thursday. So he should be good to go. What you need to know, though, uh, Drew Ogletree, Juju Brents did not make the trip. Obviously, will not be playing. Josh Downs is looking like he's not going to be playing. And then Alec Pierce, limited uh, with an ankle. Zaire Franklin with his knee injury. Uh, both of those guys limited yesterday and then they hopped on a bird now jc jackson if you remember that name he did not participate in practice has not this week did not do so yesterday before the patriots got on a plane now you may say andy why would you bring that up remember jc jackson was just traded for Uh from san diego like a month ago something like that and they basically have told him to stay home to stay home is basically what he got told. So J.C. Jackson, uh, the corner there in New England, uh, will not be making the trip to Germany. <laughs> Try to think where that. Well, I almost said London. <laughs> College hoops last night, a bunch of blowouts uh, locally. Who Evansville, played anybody? Did Michigan Evan, State Evansville play? Evansville just blew the doors off a of UHSP. I couldn't even tell you what that stands for. <laughs> 116 to 46. Michigan State over Southern Indiana, 74 to 51. Purdue Fort Wayne beat something called Andrews 130 to 34. I mean, what Andrews a, what, University. Yeah, Andrews That's University. That's probably D3 or something like it that, is, right? It's got to be. Maybe it's NIA. NAIA. Do they even have a picture next to him I, on ESPN? Or is it just the shield? It might be a picture of like Aaron Andrews or something. I have no <laughs> that idea. That would be so bad. I, I don't know what that means. That, that wouldn't be terrible. Slate gets a little better tonight. You got uh, number three Purdue host of uh, Moorhead State. That tips off at 7 o'clock. Valparaiso takes on IUPY. Indiana State against number 24 Alabama and Butler hosting Southeastern Missouri oh, there you go. State. Now, IU's not in uh, action until Sunday, I believe. No, so, Indiana State. Yeah, no, I'm saying Indiana's not in action oh, Indiana, until Indiana's Sunday. For a so if you're an Indiana fan, I think they're on at 7 o'clock. You're going to wake up. You're going to watch the Colts game. That's going to be an early one. Then you got NFL all day, right? You got the 1 o'clock games, the 405 games, the 425 games. You got Sunday Night Football 
football then jammed in with all that. You're going to have Indiana, who uh, they better show up to every game or it's going to be close. Give us one more swoosh here. Sunday night football is not worth staying up. Who for. is it? Is it that, is it's that the, the Raiders game? and the Jets? Oh, that's great. No, that's a great game. The <laughs> Jets lose. They'll they'll melt down on the sideline and lie to us how Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and everything else. Quickly, local college football, Purdue hosting Minnesota. Purdue favored by one in that game right now. Uh, and then you look at Indiana on the road at Illinois. Illinois favored by six and a half. And then news we should mention as well, maybe during JMV show today, I mean, there is a thought process the Big Ten is going to serve some sort of punishment, and that could be a suspension of Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. I mean, that is very much on the table. I want to dive into that uh, as we go as well. Let's take a break. On the other end, Shaq Leonard, what did he say? Our reaction, Colts Patriots. We'll talk about it next here on The Fan. We got to get into the Michigan thing at some point. Oh, I mean, yeah. if, they, if they come out and suspend Jim Harbaugh today, I might have to actually back Jim Harbaugh, which is not something I really, really want to do. Uh, it's a fan. It's a football Friday. Hanging out with you. No KB today. Mark Dykton sitting across from me. And Mark, you told me something. I kind of stopped you because I didn't even want to hear the rest of your sentence. You were going down during the check down there, a bunch of college basketball scores. Uh-huh. Okay. And you came across, what was it? Evansville? Evansville. They played somebody. Routed, routed this team, UHSP, <laughs> okay. 116 to 46. U- I said, U-H-S-P. I don't know who that is. So is UHSP? Is that what U-H-S-P. it was? UHSP. Okay. So, so you I looked, looked it up. up. All right. I looked it up. Uh, in a million years, I would not have guessed this. Uh, Evansville played the University of Health Sciences and Pharmacy in St. Louis. So I guess they played a bunch of pharmacists yesterday. I don't know what that schedule is. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, so the St. Louis pharmacists were beaten by the Purple Aces last night. Uh, what what division are they? They're not they a are division. NAIA, They're NAIA. Okay. Yeah, I, I in a million years I would not have guessed that. Oh man, my uh, my best St. Louis story that has to do with that has to do with well, this is what these are these are pharmacists, right? These are going to be pharmacists. I mean, um, I would assume. My uh, my my wife was going through a job. Now she's no longer do, doing this track of work, um, but we went to this very nice. And people around here may know, uh, you know, if you go to chiropractic school, however, uh-huh. you're, to be a chiropractor, okay? Cracking um, bones. Yeah, yeah. They, they have an entire cadaver lab there. Oh. Okay? You didn't think I was going to go there. Uh-huh. And so we okay. toured this cadaver lab for like two hours, Mark, okay? and they Sounds have a, like a haunted house. Well, no, it was very scary. So, uh, it's actually, it's not too bad. You kind of get used to it, but they're showing you, you know, if you're a chiropractor, you basically got a body. Uh, you got your own human body. I know this is a very morbid thing to get into at 7.30, but you mentioned St. Louis. It's like one of the last times I was there. And so, I remember we were in this cadaver lab, and for some reason, you know, I was in there for a couple hours and I'm standing there and they have they have a, a nice system that, you know, made it smell not terrible, not, uh-huh. made it smell not like death, if you will. OK, so I'm standing there in this cadaver lab and, you know, when they tell you don't let your knees lock or you might fall over, mm-hmm. you know, they tell you yeah. that, you know, and who, who you know, for standing out in the heat or something like I'm ever standing at attention, you know, for long periods of time. So anyway, we're standing there and I could tell my knees were kind of locking up. And then in my brain, the smell of the cadaver lab took over. Uh-oh. And Mark, you'll love this. I told my wife, I gotta go, I gotta go stand outside mm-hmm. or I'm gonna pass out. And I, it was like a horror movie. I'm walking to leave, and on each side of me 
our 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 bodies, mm-hmm. and I I see like Looney Tunes. The black circle start oh, to no. enclo- start to enclose, and I bust out the door, and I throw a bunch of water from the water fountain on my face. I was seconds away from going face down on a cadaver. You could have laid that down on one of the slabs or something. <laughs> hey, I need to terrible. lay down for a second. Put me in one of those things. So anyway, hopefully that's not what they were my doing. Goodness. UHSP, yeah, uh, in Evansville. That's the beauty. Listen, I love college basketball, but some of the non-conference scheduling is so damn silly. That's why when they're like such and such one. 20 games this season or this team was rebuilding and they went 500 it's like yeah but how many schools of pharmacy did they play i swear college basketball is the only and you're gonna see it a lot with indiana this season it's going to be the narrative with them probably kb and his notre dame fighting irish not purdue because they're much more of a finished product a highly ranked team but it's the only sport where it's like oh yeah halfway through the year they'll be ready to go like we don't view the pacers that way if the pacers were three and six instead of six and three right now, we'd be absolutely oh, pissed yeah. off not saying, well, just wait till they get to game 45. They'll be ready to play by then. No, we'd be wondering if the season's over. UHSP, so. by the way, for their nickname, you know, oh, they're yeah, like the Sun Devils. Are they the, the Hawkeyes? What are they? They're the Eutectics. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is that? I looked up a Eutectic <laughs> is a system of homogenous mixtures that has a melting point lower than those of the constituents. Oh, for Lord. What the hell? That's yeah. a nerd nickname Th- if I've is, ever that heard. That is one. a nerd nickname. Uh, all right, quickly. So I wanted to throw this you guys' way. Uh, and we talked a little bit about this. Uh, we're going to get to, to, to Shaq Leonard here in just a second. He continues continues to talk a big game and the Colts are playing this I think about as well as you could by you know but by not uh, by not engaging in back and forth we saw the ownership I mean we saw Jim Ursay specifically engage with some of the um, with some of the Jonathan Taylor stuff we'll see if any of the contract stuff with Michael Pittman over the next several weeks rears its ugly head we know what he said a couple weeks ago about being part of the offense but but just quickly I, I mean to To me, I have been clear that, Mark, you know this, you've heard me yell and scream about this, that I'm very much Operation 5 and 5. Carolina stinks. They stunk two weeks ago. They've stunk every game but one. They stunk last night, and it wasn't a pretty game offensively, but the Colts won that game. And that is how... I feel I feel here. I, I, you know, if Anthony Richardson were healthy, we would be talking about wins and losses, but we also would be talking about how the game looked, right? Right. Like if Anthony Richardson went out there and he played the kind of game that Gardner Minshew did, yes, or did on Sunday against the Panthers, we would say, okay, it's good that they got the win, but what would ultimately the reaction would be, man, they won because of Kenny Moore. And we would be this week, okay, and going into the Patriot game today, we We would be having the conversation about Anthony Richardson needs to be better and he needs to do this, that, and the other. And Shane Steichen would be answering questions all week and Jim Bob Cooter fantastic name would be would be would be answering questions all week about the rookie quarterback. And we're not doing that because I this is my this is how I feel at least that we haven't been harping on how crappy the offense was, quite frankly, on Sunday against Carolina. 
because I think we all kind of understand that the Gardner Minshew, Minshew mania, uh, him being lauded as this great second quarterback to have on your roster. My God, the Colts should have moved him for a fourth rounder. All of that was kind of nonsense. Oh, yeah. and, and now we have settled into, and I feel this within the fan base, Mark, we have settled into, we kind of know that they're going to have to protect Gardner Minshew, which makes this game interesting because the Patriots are, you know, depending on which metric you look at, are, if not the top, one of the top rushing defenses in the entire NFL. And so if you go by that stand, if you go by the Colts struggle right now throwing the ball, if they throw the ball a lot, you're opening yourself up to what? To interceptions and fumbles. Yes, to which guard, they don't need. To Gardner Minshew turning the ball over. And so you're in this. We, we, we know we're going to need to throw. We also know that we need to protect Gardner Minshew. And then you throw on top of it. New England doesn't do anything well except that front seven stopping the run. They don't do anything well. They don't. They're not a good offensive team. They're not a special uh, sound in the special teams game. Good teams absolutely have been able to throw the ball against them. I'm not worried. And now you've even J.C. Jackson not playing. I'm not worried about really anything in their defensive backfield. And so you look at this game and like at some point, I guess it would be two things. Can the offensive line dominate enough? Can the O-line dominate enough here to where you feel comfortable running the football? And when I say running the football, the last two games, I have been stunned. And listen, and listen I know, understand it's gameplay. Uh, I understand Kenny Moore got him a lead on Sunday there in Carolina. But, I mean, if we go look at the play-by-play, there was also a lot of punt, 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 punt. Oh, yeah. That's what the second half looked for the Colts. And so can the offensive line and the running game do what they need to do in the second half. I think it was six carries for seven yards last week, and we know two weeks ago the moaning, whining, and crying about how little uh, Zach Moss and especially Jonathan Taylor got the football. And then, is this going to be a we're-going-to-hide-Gardner-Minshew game or is it going to be one of those games where he throws the ball 40 times? And I don't know the answer going into it. The other thing I would say about this game, and I said it at 7.05, and that is, uh, you know, it's kind of like F the Patriots. To hell with the Patriots. The Colts fans don't like the Patriots. And I like, like right now, the Patriots are a wounded animal, and you put them out of their misery. That's what you do. Yeah, and, that's, I, and that's how I feel about the game on Sunday. Can you run the ball in the second half? Is Gardner Minshew going to have to do a little bit more? And if so, how does that go? Uh, and then on top of it, you know, Colts fans want to bury the Patriots, even if it's not Tom Brady. Even if it's a Bill Belichick who is limping to the end of his Patriot career. Even if it's not a team that has all the talent and all, you know. I mean, come on. They've had so much talent over the years there in New England. Now they have, they're devoid of talent. I mean, they really are when you look at their roster. Putting this team out of the misery, out of their misery. Getting to 5-5 and and then getting guys like Juju Brents healthy, right? Getting guys like Josh Downs healthy to get ready for a Tampa team who, by the way, is going to be coming off a game with the San Francisco 49ers. They get beat up there. 
and then they have you, and you can't tell me you're not going to be favored in that game with a chance to go to 6-5. and five. Those are the things that I'm looking for on Sunday. Offensive line, second half running, and what do they do? Is it another week of hiding Gardner Minshew, or do we see him throw the ball 42 times? Patriots uh, average giving up 100.8 yards per game on the ground. It's like which 3.8 is, a carry, it's a, something it's 11th, like that. It's 11th best in the league. They give up 25.3 yards or 25.3 points per game. So I would say, yes, they are pretty good on the rushing game. I would be trying to hide Gardner Minshew at all costs. I'd do the Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss tandem, just run that down their throats all game long. Plus the weather at Frankfurt, Germany, I'm doing a little bit of yeah, a scouting report. Yeah, what's it supposed report. to be? It's supposed to be uh, rainy? 50 degrees and rainy. Well, 50% that's okay. chance of rain. That's so fine. So that sounds like a sloppy field to me. That sounds like you need to be running. You need to be running a lot. It's a soccer field. Reduce the Gardner Minshew errors as much as possible. The Patriots are not a good football team like you've said they're not very good at all Mac Jones stinks Ramondre Stevenson is decent but he's not having a very good year I mean their wide receiver group is old and bad yeah, Devontae Parker's not playing yeah, I think what their their top guys now what Juju Smith-Schuster yeah. Kendrick Bourne tore his ACL a couple weeks ago yeah. and this Patriots Colts rivalry it is a shadow of what it used to be these games <laughs> used to be NBC and ESPN uh, and everybody would football. be fighting over each other for yeah. the monster ratings that is not that anymore um, it's not been that for a while quite honestly since Tom Brady hung it up. So it's on at nine thirty in the morning. I now. don't even. I don't even know if I'm. I'm curious. Three one seven two three nine ten seventy. Is the Colts Patriots rivalry even the biggest rivalry for the Colts these days? Well, I don't, I'd be I don't Tennessee, know fans, wouldn't it? I don't would think. It be it's, would it be Tennessee now? I th- I, it might be. I think the luster's kind of off of this Colts Patriots rivalry I, I, quite a bit. I mean, the fans still don't like Belichick, but as far as games that you actually put like, we need to beat them. We need to beat them. Often, I think it's probably Jacksonville I, or Tennessee at this point. Yeah, I, here's what I think. Uh, you mentioning that, I think they want it to be. I think fans would want it to be the Patriots, but I don't think. Uh, I, I think with reality setting in, it's it's most definitely probably the Tennessee Titans. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know how we talked about that game leading up to that game. Yeah, and with that, Vrabel and everything. Oh yeah, his I, tough guy persona. Yeah, I think you got the Mike Vrabel aspect. You got just yeah, just a team that's kind of been a thorn in your side all the time. I think it is almost the Titans. 239-1070. Jim wants to chime in about the Colts game. Jim, good morning to you, sir. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. It's Tim, by the way, but that's fine. Oh, Tim. Sorry. Uh, No no big deal. Uh, I mean, this just seems like the perfect trap game for us. We like, you know, we keep talking about how bad New England is. And, you know, it's, it's, it's Bill Belichick. He's always good at scheming up and taking away the one thing you do well. We only do one thing well, which is running the ball. I just... Is I'm he going to put it past him if we lose this game? <laughs> yeah, but Tim, is he still is he still good at doing that? I, I I don't I don't know if he is. I think he I think he historically has been. I just don't know if he is good at at taking away the thing that you do best anymore. I I don't know if you know. I mean, like they're they're like they're pretty good at stopping the run. Appreciate the phone call. I just don't know if that's if that's who they are anymore. I think that's who they used to be. I mean, I get it because right? the, the Patriots have won nine of the last ten matchups against. Uh, the Patriots have won nine of the last ten matchups against the Colts, so I get it. But they are also a shell of themselves these days. Matt Jones and, is so and bad. And you're on a neutral site field, so what? you might have that Remember going. People for you. all thought that Mac Jones, just because he was the forgotten quarterback 
he sat there in the green room. Remember him in his oh, little yeah. suit? Uh-huh. That he was the next Brady. I, I just, I, I never understood. No. I never understood I, any I, of that. Of I think that we're going to get some Bailey Zappy at some point this this weekend. Well, as well, I mean, they signed Malik Cunningham, and then they put him on the, then they put him on the practice squad, and then they signed him back a couple different times. I don't even know who their backup quarterback even is right now. If Mac Jones stunk it up <laughs> on Sunday, or if you know he got injured or something like that, I, I have no idea uh, where he would even go it's brian hoyer Here I, he comes. It, it might it might be uh, i wanted to get to will greer by the way is their third string is will greer their last it's, one it's bailey zappy is and really? will greer yeah boy that's rough mm-hmm. it's not ideal will greer was what he was the west virginia quarterback right yes sir wasn't he at florida was he at florida for I'm not one up point on my will greer history i don't know off the top of my head <laughs> you brought will greer third up. round pick there in 2019 i know he was overall. at west virginia i do know that yeah he was west virginia for sure so We'll see. Some sloppy weather coming for you on Colts Patriots. Let's, let's do this. Let's get to the Leonard stuff uh, coming up at 830. If you want to do that, we have sure. a lot of time. Uh, Shaq Leonard continues to be unhappy. And we're in the final months, if you will, of, of in my estimation, of Shaq Leonard being a new uh, of, of, of being here, of being an Indianapolis Colt. Go look at how much he's making. Go look at how much EJ Speed is making. They'll tell you what you need to know. Uh, 239-1070. Josh up next here on the fan. Josh, fire away buddy hey i'm absolutely a colts fan and i love the rivalry even if they're just out there kicking field goals i'm still gonna root for the colts and i absolutely hate the patriots i hate the owner everything about them <laughs> there you go has, I the, mean, has the rivalry lost any luster for you with well, brady of course it has oh yeah i mean when it was peyton and brady or even luck and brady that was just historic games, but I've been a Colts fan since 84, and I've sat through some of the field goal battles, and I still am going to root for the Colts. Well, get ready for one. Appreciate the phone call, Josh. Here's the thing. If you're a Patriot fan, they don't have a plan, Mark. No. Like, the Colts right now... They have a plan. You may not like the plan. In fact, there's probably fans that are looking at Anthony Richardson, and they're probably skeptical of Anthony Richardson, which I can understand. Uh, but to me, the Patriots haven't even started their their plan. Like, who is their quarterback, right? What kind of team are they going to have going forward? And usually when a coach leaves or, you know, if Chris Ballard were to leave, okay, mm-hmm. if you were to get fired at the end of this year, and that's not going to happen, but just play Don't this out. some okay? people excited. Well, just play this out. They won four games last year. Let's say they win six games this year. So in two seasons, they've won 10 games. And if Chris Ballard got fired, which again, he's not, I'm not saying he should, I'm not saying he will, that you would have the situation to where you would have talent left over, would you not? Mm-hmm. I mean, you would have an offensive line. You would have Jonathan Taylor under contract. You would have Josh Downs under contract. You would have Zaire Franklin, who would be, you know, having you know 190 tackles this season or whatever. Richardson, uh, you would, you would, hopefully yeah, the next You would at least have the hope of yeah. Anthony Richardson. Like, whoever takes over New England, I don't know what they are. I mean, they're not a running football team. Ramon J. Stevenson is a fine player. 
player. He is a backup running back in the NFL. They have a bunch of has-been or young wide receivers or a guy like Devontae Parker who's not a one, two, or three in the NFL. These are often hurt players. Um, I just, I mean, yeah, you could say, well, defensively, that's fine, but the defense has won them very little this season. I mean, the game, they scored, you know, Buffalo scored, what, 25 against them in the biggest win of their season this year. And so the Patriots, you know, we talk about Bill Belichick leaving. It's not only Bill Belichick leaving. It's like, what's the next guy? What's the next guy going to be taking over? The the cupboard is bare, like, when it comes to the Patriots, when you're looking at it. It's unbelievable. They have to be one of the, just looking at the roster, they have to be one of the oldest rosters in football. So let's get one more in here before we take, uh, before we take a break and get Rake Straw. Eric up next, 239-1070. Fire away, Eric. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Uh, just, just gonna throw in some uh, few opinions in here real quick, and I'm gonna let you guys go. Um, I don't feel like uh, we're, we're utilizing the rush enough. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I understand that. Um, AR going out for the season really hurt us. It really, really hurt us. Um, Minshew is not the answer. No, and, and we all know that, right? So I sit here and listen to you guys every morning, and and we discuss this stuff, and and Minshew was not the answer. Appreciate the phone call. Listen, Minshew's the answer for the next two months. Yeah. For the ne- for the next month and a half, two months, uh, he's the answer. And listen, there's no doubt about that. We understand that. Uh, they understand that they're going to have to hide him at times, and that's what they did. They took the ball out of his hands uh, in the Carolina game. We'll see what happens uh, across the across the way, if you will, in Germany. Let's take a break. Greg Ragstraw joins us next on a Football Friday on the Fan. 6.30 a.m., all the pregame coverage, uh, Colts and Patriots. Too bad we don't have JMV doing a show at 5.30, Mark. <laughs> He'd do it. That's the first He'd do thing. it at that. Yeah, he'll, be, he'll be awake, won't he? Oh. Did he say he only slept two hours, I think, yesterday? I think he said he only slept a couple hours. I'm pretty so. sure JMV just works day in day. I don't know if he has a day off. Does he ever have a day off? I came in on a Saturday. He's doing B105 <laughs> stuff. I'm like, good Lord, man. That man works. 6.30 a.m., all the pregame coverage, uh, Colts and Patriots, right here on on the fan big college football weekend as well we'll have michigan penn state at noon on saturday Ole miss georgia coming your way at 6 30 if there were two if there are two college football games to have on the air those would be the ones uh with penn state and michigan we'll see what happens with jim harbaugh if he is suspended today and exactly how michigan may fight that and then of course georgia Ole miss the big one there uh in the sec uh well we need to talk pacers colts high school a lot to cover here in the next few minutes Greg Rakestraw joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Rake, good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, good morning, my friend. I would throw in one more game that if you could put on the fan airwaves tomorrow, you should work in. Okay. That would be the Monon yes, Bell sir. Classic, Wabash and DePaul. You have it, right? 129th edition. I am fortunate enough that that is my game tomorrow, 1 o'clock on the ISC Sports Network. Do we have a line for that game, by the way? I don't think as the play-by-play guy, I'm allowed to uh, yeah, get a line for that game, but, That's but poor form, I'd say. I guarantee <laughs> you there is a line and all kind of corporate boardroom side wagers that have been taking place all week long for that game, Andy. Give me uh, give me 30 seconds to a minute. Give me a preview on that game. KB mentioned right, it four DePaul or five comes, times. DePaul comes in at 9-0. and Whomever wins this game wins the league. Wabash is 7-2. and One of those losses is Butler, so that is kind of stricken as a non-division three game from the record. Mm. Wabash does have one conference loss, but if they win, they would hold the tiebreaker. They would go to the postseason for the first time since 2019. Wow. 
two years ago, DePaul led 21-0 at Wabash. Little Giants have a furious comeback and win 42-35. Last year, it snowed, and there was never a comeback. DePaul won 49-14. These are two really good football teams, and North Central grad Liam Thompson for Wabash has a chance to become Wabash's all-time leading passer and the conference's all-time leader in passing yards during tomorrow's game. Okay, so I, I went because we've we've mentioned this game in our morning checkdowns and some other things this week, Rake, and you'll love this. So I just typed it in, you know, kind of the the history of the rivalry and everything else. Okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to learn as much as I can, and so I guess. A bunch of students tried to steal the bell from DePaul back in 2017. Is that right? And there's like just clear video of them trying to do this. Is that right? Oh, in, two, in 2017, 1974, <laughs> 1946, again in 2029. Oh, that's great. Um, 2042? Right. Here, here is the best way I can describe it. Again, since, since I speak Louisville like Andy does, this is, this is Trinity St. X. Mm-hmm. Right? There, there is not... A high school rivalry in Indianapolis, really, that matches that one in Louisville. Mm-hmm. But as Andy well knows, that game is the end-all, be-all game of the high school football season. And for even though more recently Trinity's kind of dominated the rivalry and it has much more had the better of, of the postseason results. Your season comes down to hey, did you beat those guys or sure, not? Sure, sure. Want a state title? I don't care. Did you beat them? That's Wabash and DePaul. Hey, we made the playoffs. That's great. Did you beat them? That's what that game is all about, and that is bragging rights for the next 363 days. That's I saw fa- that glorious picture of the Little Giants Stadium you had on Twitter yesterday. How how many games have you called now for the for the Monon Bell? So so this is the third year that we have had the rights on, on ISC, mm-hmm. and you are correct. Um, the new Little Giants Stadium, yes. which debuted kind of after the pandemic in 2021, is amazing for the Division Three level. Uh, they bring in extra seats in both end zones. They have sold 8,100 tickets. The estimation is wow. there'll be over 10,000 people that will be in Crawfordsville uh, for this game tomorrow. Uh, the tailgate lots uh, are epic. I've been invited to three of them pregame. I, maybe I might make a couple of appearances uh, before the game starts tomorrow. But it, this is, simply put, this is one of these sports bucket list items. If you have never gone, you need to go at least one time because, again, this is, this is amongst the epic of all college football rivalries, and especially at the small college level, maybe only Williams and Amherst, which is also mm. Division Three up in the Northeast, is the only one that that, that kind of resembles this one in terms of small college football. So you'll be on the call of that one. Uh, Greg Rakestraw with us here, Pay Less Liquors Hotline. I, I want to get to Pacers. I want to get to the Colts as well uh, because that's you know it's a big one obviously on Sunday and the Pacers are playing well at six and three right now in the early season. Uh, let's go to some high school stuff. Regionals tonight. Uh, I, I mean, obviously all these games stand out, but are there two or three that stand out even more maybe in your mind than any others? Well, the game that I've got I'm fired up about is Ben Davis and Cathedral. Yep. I've seen these two teams win the last two weeks. Uh, this is a Cathedral team that is solid, you know, kind of flew under the radar this year, had a couple of early losses to Brownsburg and then Chittard that kind of took them off the radar. Was very impressed by what I saw from them last week in beating Lawrence North. A, because Lawrence North is pretty solid. But B, you know, the kind of the known quantity for Cathedral coming in was their quarterback in Danny O'Neill. Can play at the University of Colorado next year. 
all-time leading passer in school history, three-year starter. Last week, he didn't have to be the star. It was their run game and their defense, and the scheme that they run is a 3-5-3. So it's, it's something that hardly anybody else runs, and it just befuddled Montez Jones and Lawrence North offensively. I think Thomas Gotkowski of Ben Davis maybe is a little better equipped to handle that. I don't know if Cathedral will get the yards after contact in the running game against Ben Davis defensively. They did against Lawrence North. But Cathedral still has their star player. And Danny O'Neill being a star gives them a chance to win that football game tonight. So that's really good. And again, if Cathedral can run the table and win a championship playing up a level, A, that's impressive. And again, they're, they're not the favorite tonight, maybe going forward, but their, their path would be treacherous because it would be Ben Davis, Center Grove, and then likely one of Hamilton Southeastern or Westfield. It's possible. Clearly, Ben Davis is, has a chance to be a state champ. Again, Center Grove likely awaits the winner of this game next week. But that game has my attention. HSE, Westfield, northern half of the mm-hmm. bracket should be tremendous. Decatur Central, Whiteland is a conference rematch. And, and Whiteland's story to get to this point is is you know not necessarily during the, their two postseason wins, but they were the five A runners up last year, and they had like a thirty man senior class, and those kids all wow. played. So this is almost a entirely new team at Whiteland, and here they are potentially a game away from the semi state round, and potentially having a path to make it back to the state championship game, which in the law of unintended consequences would actually bump them up to 6A the next couple of years, and we can worry more about that next week. So a lot of great storylines, as you as you re- remarked. There's all of 24 games around the state this week. One of them is tomorrow between Gibson Southern and Tri-West in 3A. But there are going to be far more great games than not-so-great games now that we have reached the regional round. ISC's Greg Regstra joining us on the Payless Liquors Hotline on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Greg, it's Colts-Patriots week. That used to mean something in this town. It seems like that rivalry has certainly lost its luster with the departure of Tom Brady and whatnot. Uh, What are your overall thoughts heading into this game? How big of a game is it for the Colts? And what do you make of the Patriots so far this year? Colts-Patriots may not be what it once was, but because, you know, the evil empire dictator is still the coach over there, um, you you still tremble in fear uh, because of whom you were playing. And I realize the Patriots stink and they're two and seven, it's Bill Belichick. And I want you to think back 53 weeks ago what the Colts did against the Patriots defensively. And the answer is not much. I mean, that was the second Sam Ellinger start. That was his last start. That was, I guess he started the the, the finale of the season. But um, that was the end of Frank Reich as the head coach of the Colts. And that was against a very average and mediocre Patriots team. Now, it's a little bit different with having a more experienced quarterback like Gardner Minshew starting, but Colts-Patriots, is, is it what it was? Of course not. But because it's Bill Belichick there, this is still a Sunday morning that is very concerning to Colts fans. Oh, just because of how the last 22 years have unfolded when playing his teams. Looking at, and Greg Rakestraw with us here on The Fan, you know, Greg, when you look at, I've been operation, get to 5-5 five and five if you're uh, if you're yep. the Colts, and, you know, you get a week off, get guys like maybe Josh Downs, Juju Brents, get them healthy, get that offensive line. I know Brain Smith's coming back, maybe get some tight ends healthy, uh, and Tampa Bay will be coming off a Niners game, and, you know, you'll be favored. I know you don't win at Lucas Oil, but there will be a chance to get back to 6-5. and five. 
five, above 500, and then we can start to have the, those conversations. But it starts on Sunday in winning that game. Uh, I, I don't know. How do you think they go about winning this game with the fact that the Patriots want to stop the run? And, you know, that Carolina game, boy, I know Kenny Moore was great. The other thing I take away from it is they really put the offense in neutral and they did everything to say, okay, Minshew, you're not going to turn the ball over here. We're not going to lose the game by us turning the ball over. We're going to let Carolina turn the ball over. What kind of offense should we even expect on Sunday from the Colts? I think you you may see a lot of the same. And let's face it, let's go back to the only Colts went over the Patriots in some time was two years ago. And unfortunately, things kind of unraveled after that game. But think about the way that we Colts fans felt after the Saturday night win against the New England Patriots mid-December 2021. The Colts won that game with 41 yards passing Mm -hmm. and Jonathan Taylor (laughs) waving bye-bye to the Patriots defense as he runs to the north end zone of Lucas Oil Stadium for a touchdown. So the Colts have shown they can basically say student body right and beat the New England Patriots and beat a Mac Jones offense. So I think your observation is a pretty good one. Uh, I think the Colts offense will be conservative. I think the Colts offense will be basic. I think they rightly feel if they don't turn the ball over, they got a good chance of beating the New England Patriots. So uh, expect to see another heavy dose of JT and Zach Moss again come Sunday morning. Are you just surprised how how generic and uh, just how little talent the Patriots have? That's just surprising, just how little talent they have, Greg. I mean, the teams we've seen. Again, having covered them for so long and having seen so many big games between those two franchises, and obviously the the peak of the rivalry was 2003 through 2009. That was the seven years in which the Colts won at least 12 games all those years. And I'm not sure there's – you know, Niners-Cowboys would be immediately what I would think of that would equal that over the years in terms of two teams around the same division, but you felt the other was your rival because you had to get through them into the Super Bowl. That's what made Colts-Patriots special. We've had Colts-Patriots games from 2010 on, but they've not had the same meaning just because we haven't seen each other on, on a regular basis. And I say that third consecutive year that these two teams have played. But yes, given the unparalleled level of success that franchise had for 20 years, and obviously the, the, the common denominator is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick for 19 of those years, it is stunning. Again, it's expected. It had to happen sometime. Right. But at some point in time, the talent had to fall off the table, and it seemingly finally has in New England. ISC's Greg Gregstraw joining us on the Payless Liquors Hotline for a few more minutes. Greg, I'm assuming you heard Shaq Leonard's comments about his reduced role. Uh, he's not too happy about it. He's, you know, even with Zaire Franklin seemingly going to be out again, uh, he's not expected to see much extra playing time. Your thoughts on Shaq Leonard starting to vent his frustrations? I understand that, and I respect that. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I think it's I, I think it's just the Colts kind of acknowledging where Shaq is at this point. You know, maybe he's not the same player after you know playing hurt and being you know reduced uh, as to how effective he could be in 2021, where he was really a big play guy, but wasn't an every down tackling machine type of guy, and then barely seeing the field in 22. Yes, he's back and healthy. And if you notice, his tackles increased last week without Zaire Franklin on the field. 
even if he wasn't making those same kind of impact plays and getting the same number of reps. But what I think is it's an acknowledgement from Gus Bradley and his staff that maybe the expectation isn't as great for Shaq as it was from, say, 2018 through 2021. So I, I appreciate him being honest. I respect how he feels. I understand where the where the Colts' defensive strategy is coming from, too. Greg Rakestraw with us. Uh, last one, I just want to mention the Pacers. You know, they're down 10 with uh, seven minutes to go or so, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, the, the, the championship medal, if you will, and Giannis scoring over 50 points finally is going to catch up, and the Pacers, while valiant, you know, in the end, we're going to give up an 18-point lead in the first half, and we're going to lose, and then back-to-back games, they have closed uh, the game back-to-back games Benedict Matherin has been playing some of his best basketball as an NBA player six and three uh, five wins at game bridge what do you make of an early season here what the Pacers have done and what did you make of last night the win over the Bucks? well the great thing is is that the Pacers are kind of the one team locally that's not on my beat and so I get to truly enjoy them as a fan and I love the fact they keep giving me reasons to watch them as a fan. Uh, I thought last night's win was huge. just because. And, and again, obviously Damian Lillard wasn't playing. Still Giannis, man. We're, we're talking about one of the two or three best players in the league. And yes, he went off. But I also think that kind of shows the Pacers' formula can work. You know, because the other true quality team they played so far this year, um, that beat down to Boston should have counted as two losses for the Pacers. That's how bad it was. And so beating a really good team, but also, frankly, being able to outscore one of the best players in the league, I thought is a big deal. Um, Having back-to-back good performances, because you've kind of seen this up and down and back and forth from the Pacers so far this year, the fact, and yes, it was at home, but the fact that on back-to-back nights, the offense was clicking, and they beat the Jazz, who aren't very good. I get that. But then the next night, come back and beat the Bucks. I thought that was massive. So I thought last night, and this is not exactly a, a, a you know a, a hard statement to break down. I thought that was their best win of the year. Yeah. Uh, but They're I a fun it was team. That way for multiple reasons. They're a fun team. I mean, they're a fun team. Yep. They're going to get up and down. If I made you pick an over-under on how many games the Pacers don't score 100 points this season, what would it be? Would it be like Two. a half or one and a half? Two. What would it be? Yeah. Two? Which is crazy. It used to be the over. <laughs> it's amazing how Rick Carlisle has changed. We all change over 20 years, right? Clearly his hairline has, as all of us have. Um, but used to be, I think I think the Pacers one year under Rick Carlin may have given up 100 points five times in 82 <laughs> games. And now we're sitting the over-under on Pacers scoring 100, like it'd be 80 and a half that they're going to clear 100. Yeah. Just the nature of the NBA and, and, and good on a coach for realizing, all right, I have to change. I have to adapt with the rest of the league. And given the overall intelligence of Rick Carlisle and now 900-plus career wins, that's not exactly a surprise. Last one for me, Greg, and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, obviously, Colts, Patriots in Frankfurt, Germany this weekend. What is the furthest you've traveled to broadcast Ooh. one game? Ooh. I uh, like so that. I am lucky. I have been to both Alaska and Hawaii with the IUPUI basketball oh, team. Oh, oh, so I, I checked both of those bucket lists off. We were part of the Rainbow Classic in 2003, so 20 years ago. So I flew out on Christmas Day and flew back on New Year's Eve. Wow. Um, And then in 2007, we played in the last Top of the World Classic at Alaska Fairbanks. And for those that don't know, there are the two Alaska colleges that field athletic teams. There's Alaska Anchorage, 
which is kind of the more well-known of the two schools and has had the most success, that was the side of the Great Alaska Shootout for many years. And, and that tournament now is kind of finally going away. Now that everybody seemingly has a Thanksgiving week tournament, which is tougher for that one to keep up. But, but all of the great teams would go play in Anchorage at some point in time. We played in Fairbanks, and I'm not. And, and by the time we got there in November, a North Pole, Alaska, is south of Fairbanks. To give you an idea as to how far north it is, we had about six hours of daylight each day. Mm-hmm. The, the team gear that year included parkas, and when we got there, um, we said, "Well, we got some good news and some bad news for us." All right, what's the good news? Good news is it's going to be above zero the entire time. It get much above zero, but it was like single digits the entire time. They're like, oh, that's great. They're like, what's the bad news? Well, the bad news is is that you're not going to be able to see the northern lights because it's going to be cloudy the entire time. We're like, all right, if 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 we were able to see the northern lights, if it was going to be you know sunny, what would the temperatures be? They're like, oh, about thirty or forty below. And collectively, we all said, blank the northern lights. So we were happy that <laughs> right. it was above zero while we were there. But, oh, that's uh, fantastic. I, I have not done the international travel for a broadcast, but I've at least gotten to the two non-continental states, and, and I am forever grateful for IUPUI for giving me those opportunities. I'm sure radio and TV, it's uh, to, to broadcast much different than it was 20 years ago, the equipment you need uh, and don't need. Greg, always appreciate the time on a football Friday. Uh, we'll be listening and watching. I know a busy weekend for you. We'll try to keep up with it. We'll talk with you next week. Thank you. You got it, fellas. Thank you. All right, Greg Rakestraw hanging out with us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, let's ju- let's jump into a check down, and then I want to talk some Shaq Leonard with Mark as well. Let's hit the music. Let's go. All right, talking about the Pacers there with Rake, 126-124, the final last night in GameBridge. Again, back-to-back games. Benedict Matherin's been pretty good. 11 rebounds, that's a career high. Here's Rick Carlisle about his shooting guard postgame. I'm real proud of him, you know, because it's this transition is not easy. It, it involves a lot of sacrifice. It involves, you know, ha- really having to take a different view of yourself and the game and how you fit into a group of players, you know, that you care about. And he's been tremendous these two games. Up next uh, for the Pacers, a Sunday-Tuesday matchup in Philadelphia. That game's 6 o'clock on Sunday. So Sunday, you have the Colts, you have the Pacers at 6 o'clock, and you have IU at 7 o'clock, and you have the, the Jets Raiders at 8.30. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know the game you keep bringing up. Give me a swoosh. Get the whiskey ready for that one. Won't be a problem. No, yeah, for sure. All right, so then on the NFL field, we had the Bears beat the Panthers 16-13. Again, a barn burner game of the year. Everybody was thrilled. Those would be sky-high ratings, I'm sure, for that one. Deontay <laughs> Foreman, 21 carries, 80 yards, and Was a Michaels bored, by the way? Was Al Michaels oh, bored? Al Michaels was, yeah. They, yeah. I mean, was within he in the bad first, shape? The first commercial break, they're like, by the way, <laughs> I know this game sucks. We got Bengals and Ravens next week, so they're pumping up that game already. Well, they, they should be. That's the Bengals they, they, and Ravens. That's, and a, that's a really good game, by if, the way, that matters quite a bit in the AFC. They flew in Jason Kelsey to get some, okay. some talk there. Can, can I talk about this? Do you mind, do you mind if Go I ahead. do this for a second? So... Uh, obviously, I'm a I'm an Eagles hater, but like I'm fine. Travis Kelsey 
is dating Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. So he is. as I much as as, as much as that. I don't care about that storyline, I understand why that would be something that would be talked about, right? Again, even though I don't care about it, I can understand if they want to show a Swifty. I can understand if they want to show him holding hands after a game or whatever it may be. But I, I don't need I don't need Jason Kelsey. Okay, I don't. You can need, leave, take yeah, it or leave yeah, it. I don't need, it. I don't need the offensive line. Listen, he's a great player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. The Eagles are a great team. They very well could represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I'm giving you every qualifier that I'm bending the knee as a New York Giants fan to these damn Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, they are a good team. They are a great team. They could win the Super Bowl if you made me pick a Super Bowl. I'd say okay, they win the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts is fantastic. I, I'm, A.J. Brown could be an NFL MVP candidate and everything else. But I don't need the other Kelsey you don't need him. on my TV. I don't need the other Kelsey who's not dating, who's got a family, who's not dating Taylor Swift. To me, he was on TV for 25 minutes last yeah. night, Mark. Uh-huh. What was he? Uh, now, where I was, we had the te- we had the sound down on this. No offense to How the Bears you. in Carolina, uh, Panthers. But what was what, what, what were they talking about? I think he was just basically like in town and, yeah, they're pump- pumping up his Amazon document doc, documentary? documentary series oh. and all that stuff, and he went to the Wiener Circle oh. and all that stuff. Okay. So yeah, that's that because okay, it. so he's an Am- so it's an Amazon thing. Uh-huh. The of game course. was on the Amazon, yep. and the tie-in is he's got a documentary on Amazon, and so during the Bears game, he talks for twenty-five minutes on. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need this. Yeah. Well, apparently Chicago thinks they didn't need it either. Did you see what mad? the Wiener Circle? Oh, oh yeah. What their their <laughs> welcome. The to Wiener Jason Circle, was? if you're not familiar, is a very popular uh, spot. They they throw insults at you and all that stuff. There's a very popular Conan O'Brien sketch where he went there and all that. So on the billboard, they always have very funny sayings on the Wiener Circle. And it said uh, they knew they knew he was coming and they said, welcome Taylor's boyfriend's brother. I, I, that's how I feel. Okay, knowing that it's an Amazon thing is fine, but it was like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, remember when Ursay in the preseason game was going to talk in the third quarter to the guys? Remember, remember, Rake? I mean, he was oh, on yeah. the call of the game. Uh-huh. Remember how that was a big deal? Oh, yeah. And he was probably on for like 10 minutes. Like, Kelsey was on for like 25 minutes. Yeah. They and he's the any... other Kelsey. I mean, the he's Panthers. He's the lineman Kelsey. The Panthers and Bears, I think, punted it like 15 times. Like they didn't guys, have anything else to do. You talk guys about. are not going to force an offensive lineman to be interesting down my throat. No. Anyway, give uh, us. College hoops. Yeah. Uh, give us a swoosh. Evansville destroyed the pharmacists of St. Louis 116 to 46. Good for them. We, we've covered that one already. Fort Wayne over the Aaron Andrews team 130 to 34. Michigan State tops Southern Indiana 74 51. Tonight, Purdue gets back on the court. They host more. Head State at 7 o'clock. Butler hosts Southeastern Missouri State. That's at 8.30. Number 24, Alabama hosts Indiana State at 8 o'clock. And IUPUI and Valparaiso go at it in Northwest Indiana at 9 p.m. Quickly, college football this weekend. Purdue hosting Minnesota. Purdue favored by one there. Uh, Purdue, have they won a game game at home this season? You would have to take Minnesota just because Purdue never wins at home. And then Indiana on the road at Illinois. Again, Indiana would need to win out uh, to to make a bowl. Don't see that happening, but they're only a dog at about six and a half there. And of course, the big ones this 
this weekend. Michigan on the road at Penn State. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Arizona at Colorado is kind of a nice game. Miami, Florida State used to mean something. Utah, Washington does mean something. Tennessee, Missouri. It's not a bad slate of college football. The big one in the SEC, number nine, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin and company on the road uh, at Georgia. Georgia, number two in the country. Georgia favored by 11 Mm. uh, in that game. Uh, So we shall see what happens there. Let's take a break. On the other end, what did Shaq Leonard say? Our reaction. And then we'll talk some Pacers at 9 o'clock. I think we also have a live caller from Ooh. Germany as well. Yeah, so we might have to get is, a boots is, on the ground yeah, Is report. Derek going to call in he's at 830? On, he's on hold now. I'm oh, looking is he? right now. Okay. He's on hold. Uh, we'll we'll go to caller Derek uh, after the break, hanging out with you. It's a football Friday on the fan. Yeah, KB off today. He's uh, getting that hair looking great. We grow hair indies. Having a robot look at his hair probably right now. Does uh, not compute. As, as we speak. Major malfunction. Uh, so I'm, I am interested. He's got a pretty strong hat game, does Kevin Bowen. So yeah. I'm interested in if that uh, is if that's downscaled or, or exactly what's going to happen. Loose fitting hat. So what does that mean? Like the snaps are like. I have no idea. The loosest they can be. I thought the same thing. What's what's the difference? Like right, the hat that I have on right now is this not a loose fitting hat? I don't know. I have no idea. It's always like I always always I thought of this too. I was telling him off air. It's like you know when you get a haircut and you're wearing a hat to go get the haircut, and then you get the haircut. Do you put the hat back on in front of the barber slash stylist, or do you wait till you get to the car, or do you not wear the hat until you get home because now you have a brand new haircut? I think you wait till the car. At least you want to be oh, rude. You have to wait till well, the really car. Botch the this job and get this hat <laughs> back, it back on. on. All right, so let's go back on out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. We're going to get to this uh, Shaq Leonard sound here. Uh, he is delusional, is Shaq Leonard. We'll get to that here in just a second. Uh, but caller Derek, we talked to him yesterday, and he was uh, getting ready to hop on a plane over to Germany. Uh, I assume you made it, Derek. Good morning. What is it? It's the middle of the afternoon there, right? Like 2, 3 o'clock, something like that. Yeah, good morning, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound good. Yeah, I was trying to get out of the wind. The wind just started blowing, but it's it's two thirty here. Heck, I don't even know what time it is. I haven't slept <laughs> at all. Well, how you feeling? What have you guys been doing? You've been uh, eating sausages yeah. and drinking draft beer. What have you been doing? That's what we're about to go do. I got here about six forty-five a.m. Then I had to wait for my friend to get here, um, and we've just been trying to stay away from the hotel and not go to sleep. <laughs> Right. Good that, Lord. That, that's what you that's what you have to do, man. It's brutal, I know. Now, I think I think you called Jake's show yesterday. Did you you obviously made your flight, but what was causing the delay that you almost uh you almost missed? Uh I just slept much later than what I had anticipated. <laughs> but um I made it in time. I went straight to the valet, gave them my keys and ran in there and then my flight was delayed anyway. So So you were like home alone then. Is that a musty reference? You were basically Macaulay Culkin uh, busting through the airport. And then that's that would that would have been your fault, by the way. If you said it was just by you sleeping, that would have been an unforced error. That would have been Gardner Minshew fumbling the ball about me. (laughs) Jake was worried, but I was confident I'd make it on time. I had plenty of time. So what's the scene there? What's is it fun? I mean, it sounds like in the background there's a party happening. Yeah, it's just starting up. It's about 50 degrees here, cloudy. The wind just started blowing, so not too bad. The rain came through yesterday, so it's gone. Uh, I just went over there to the Colts. Uh, They are taking over this restaurant called the Chicago uh, Meat Packers Restaurant. They have not started up yet, but I'm over here at the NFL area, and there's a quarterback challenge going on, so I see people trying to throw footballs. What uh, what um, jersey? It's starting to get full up here. Um, it's starting to get picked up here. Mostly Patriots fans. I sat by two Patriots fans on the flight. 
<laughs> I would imagine that's the case. What uh, what jersey? You said you were going to wear a Moncrief jersey. Which jersey did you decide to go with for the game on Sunday? Yeah, I went ahead and went with the Moncrief okay. jersey, the number 10. Um, basically, because like I said, I went to Ole Miss. I'm a big fan of his, and that's my best jersey. <laughs> anyway, so I figured I'd wear it. Um, and my buddy here, you know, he went to Ole Miss with me, so we were big Moncrief fans. Are you seeing more Colts or Patriots gear as you're roaming the no, streets It's got to right be now? Patriots. More Patriots. I do see some Colts um, people roaming in. There are several people who I became Twitter friends with that are here that I'm trying to catch up with. A couple of them are staying in the same hotel that I'm staying in, so I'm trying to catch up with them later on. But I did want to come down here, take a look, um, give you guys a report. Uh, if you've never been here, it looks like downtown Indianapolis. Oh, fair, fair, okay, fair enough. Okay. Now, so are you leaving directly after the game on Sunday? Are you guys hanging for another day, or how's that work? Um, early, well, my flight leaves at 10 o'clock Monday morning. My friend leaves at like 6-something, so we will be here okay. hanging out. Well, have a good time, um, man. Yeah, have a good time. Yeah, tell us next yeah, week. Call I, in, tell I, us how yeah, it was. I don't want to take up a lot of your time. I do want to hear what you have to uh, say about Shaq Leonard. I do agree with what Rake Straw was saying. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's too bad. Uh, Derek, appreciate it, Derek. Appreciate it, brother. Take care. Thank you. All right, there's caller Derek. Always appreciate him calling in. That's a good time. Boots I'm on the ground report. Man, that's fantastic. Sleep deprived, Derek. Yeah, that's the only problem is is how you're going to feel once you're there and like the pressure. Hey, I need to sleep so I feel well for these uh, couple days, but that's going to be. Uh, that's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so we got to dive into this. Yes. Two, three, nine, ten, seventy. Uh, we'll continue get you uh, to get you ready for the Colts and Patriot. Uh, uh, Patriots X Golden going to join us. We'll talk some Pacers coming up in the nine o'clock hour. We'll have our pop quiz. We have a freebie Friday coming your way at about nine thirty, and then we'll have our picks to end the show. You got a pick? You are ready to go? I have aren't a pick. You? I have Kevin's pick before the robot. You got KB's robot started pick? getting out. Okay. Yeah, he gave it to me. So I was okay. Like, okay. All right. So does the robot have a selection? He didn't tell me. So well, the robot. Bot computed something nine million times and came out with the yeah. most likely outcome. Okay, so I wanted to play two clips here, and so so KB was following. He was doing his journalism yesterday, and he was in the locker room and got about oh I don't know a minute in, or a minute and a half or so of Shaq Leonard, and then Colts.com put up more of Shaq Leonard. So we have two different clips, and Shaq Leonard basically for a good. I would say like four or five minutes, uh, spoke about his unhappiness. And this is now back-to-back weeks. Shaq Leonard has been vocal, been very vocal about his unhappiness. But, Mark, it's not even the unhappiness with his role. It's that he feels like the Colts, Shane Steichen, He's being Gus Bradley, they, yeah, they're not communicating with him mm-hmm. about why he is not on the field. So I'm going to play two different clips, and then I want us to react to Shaq Leonard. So here's clip one, uh, about a minute and a half of just Leonard, again, unhappy with his playing time. I don't know, kind of the same, you know, just, you know, I'm a competitor. You know what I mean? I want, I want to play. I want to, I want to go out there. I want to compete. You know, I put my body through so much. Um, I work, work extremely hard to get to this point. And it's, it's frustrating when you're standing on the sideline knowing that you're capable of going out there and competing at a high level. And, you know, it sucks. It sucks, but, hey, you know, my feelings doesn't win football games. So it is what it is. They decision. Um, <laughs> You know, just what can I do? You know what I mean? What, what am I doing wrong? Or am I am I just not, you don't believe in me? Am I not making plays? Am I bad at the run game? Am I bad at the pass game? I just, 
just tell me something, you know, just help me sleep. Help me sleep better at night, knowing that, you know, I just feel like I, I give everything I got on the field and practice, and I give everything I got whenever I'm playing on uh, Sundays, no matter if it's one or, you know, 70 plays, you know, I'm just doing my job, man. You know, it just sucks, honestly, it really sucks. You know, everybody, everybody said they want you to keep that fighting edge until you step on toes. You know, every, it's, we, I mean, we have conversations. You know, we had conversations back then. It was more so getting November, and we'll see. And, you know, November, we saw. And it's, it's just tough, man. It's, it's frustrating when you have them conversations. You're trying to figure out what else to do. You know, at first it was, you know, do one-on-one reps of practice. Do one-on-one reps of practice. It's, I don't know, it's, it's a lot, man. I honestly don't know what to do. I mean, I... I, you know, I put my, put my best foot forward every day. I come in the building, be the best team that I possibly can, be the best leader I can, go out there to practice. I practice extremely hard. I play extremely hard, do my job as well as I possibly can, and, you know, just let the chips fall where they fall. You know, I just got to control what I can control. That is, you know, play well on the snaps that I play, and if I sit the bench, you know, be frustrated, but when you get back out there, you know, continue to go back and do what you do. Was Forrest Gump there? That was a ferocious game of ping pong going on in the background. I want to know who won the game of ping pong more than anything that Shaq Leonard had to say. No offense to him. <laughs> I want to know who won the damn I game. I just wanted to play ping pong oh, with the man. Colts. I played ping pong last night, by the way, a little bit. I love Did playing you? ping pong, but I feel like that's something you do at like church camp. Like I had a buddy who like actually he got good enough to where he you know you know like the video where you see people play and you're like, how do they play ping pong like that? Where they're slamming the ball yeah. and everything. He they're got, looking at it yeah, and they go, yeah, Wow, yeah. and you're like, what the hell yeah, is like, that? Like that's not how it usually looks when I play ping pong. Uh he was that good. All right, clip two here. Uh here's just uh, again a montage of other answers that Leonard had about his playing time. Every day. You know, I come in here, um, you know, work out every day. That's something I never did. I got to do good nutritionist. Um, you know, I'm eating well. You know, just changing my body in all different, you know, shapes and sizes. Just trying to figure out, you know, what to do, what's best for this team, what's best for this defense, what's best for myself. You know, I'm just doing everything that I possibly can to get on the field, stay on the field. But just waiting for an opportunity to show that I can make, I can be a playmaker. I know that all my years when I'm on the field, some way, somehow, you know, I, I made game-changing plays, but it's just not happening this year, I guess. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, I feel like this is what it's going to be. You know, I, that's just me personally. Um, EJ's playing well. Um, so, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be frustrating. But it is what it is. I mean, I know, I know what type of football player I am. I know what type of teammate I am. I know what I bring to a team, and it's, it's tough, but... As long as the guys in front of me, you know, continue to play well, you know, I can sleep better at night knowing that at least we're having a good play in a linebacker room. But, of course, I want to be out there. Of course, I want to be a competitor guy and compete with the guys. Kind of, kind of the same, you know, just, you know, I'm a competitor. You know what I mean? I want, I want to play. I want to, I want to go out there. I want to compete. You know, I put my body through so much. Um, I work, worked extremely hard to get to this point. And it's, it's frustrating when you're standing on the sideline knowing that you're capable of going out there and competing at a high level. And, you know, it sucks. It sucks. But, hey, you know, my feelings doesn't win football games. So it is what it is. They decision. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack here, and I have been consistent that I feel bad for Leonard. I mean, just like human to human, I yeah. and you're not supposed to do that in sports radio. I get it, and we'll we'll get to some harsh stuff here in just a second. But but Mark, I feel bad for him because this was a guy that was at the top of his profession not too long ago, and 
health reasons, and let's just be honest as well, the team, you know, at one point was a good team, right? And Mm -hmm. the Colts have had some down years here. And so you combine that with what I have to imagine is a lot of loneliness when you're rehabbing injuries and when you're not right and when your body isn't right, when your back isn't right, and all of the different injuries that Leonard has been through, he's not the same player and he knows he's not the same player. And I would imagine that is something that is really difficult. And then on top of it, you know, it's good for him that he's making so much money that his contract is, and it's not a good contract. It's a bad contract that Chris Ballard, I know you guys have been harping on that for a number of years around here on the fans, so you don't need me to parachute in here and tell you that. It's not a good contract. It wasn't then, and it most assuredly isn't now. And, you know, I believe because the Colts, and we've talked about this so much, because the Colts have an out after this year to where they can walk away from from Shaq Leonard, and there's going to be dead money, and they're going to have to pay it and and maybe they can you know maybe Leonard wants to give some back right maybe they redo his deal I feel like with the lack of playing him that they don't want to redo his deal and the writing is on the wall the question that I would have for Colts fans and so all that is a preface right that 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 we feel bad for Leonard that that he's not the player that he, he once was and if you're a Colts fan you feel bad because if he were the player that he was well that would sure as hell help a defense out and it, it you know it, it would add another playmaker to the defense the thing that i that i've wondered the last couple months and now definitely the last couple weeks through all of this i feel like colts fans don't care leonard is Le- leonard's yelling and screaming here into a void I feel like Colts fans aren't like okay, we're gonna we're we're willing to pick up the sword for you and battle for you. They don't feel that way. And then you know, I think you've seen what Zaire Franklin has done, and you're like, well, Shaq Leonard. Like, I mean, I remember leading into training camp, you're like, I don't even know if we're gonna see him on the field this year. So anything you got out of him this year was gonna be a bonus. Right. And they tried to push it to November, and now it's November. And then all of a sudden, he's <laughs> getting every rep in training camp. You're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And so, and he struggled a lot and everything like that but I get his frustration you're battling through a ton of injuries you're finally getting back on the field but you're just not seeing the production that you used to see and the Colts have to be seeing the same things where they're like we're better without you right now on the field because you've got what 56 total tackles on the season 32 solos no interceptions no forced fumbles it's no sacks it's it's well he's a shell of himself and I think this year was going to be a you know kind of a reset year anyway for him but I think he's starting to see that, hey, if I don't start producing, I'm not going to be on this team much longer. And I'm also seeing my my reps get reduced. So how can I make a true impact and yeah, get back and, to the player and, I used and, to and be listen, had, at my all-pro level? Yeah, he had the tackles, but he didn't have – he obviously didn't have the snaps that he would have liked even with Franklin out on Sunday and, and obviously still going to be hobbled, uh, you know, at least a little bit against the Patriots coming up this weekend. But, you know, my thing – when KB and I would talk about this, I think he's up to, what, 11 or 12 games now where he hasn't created that splash play, where he hasn't got a fumble, where he hasn't got an interception. And my take on this has always been, if you are relying on him creating a turnover, Mark, then he is a specialist. Like, like, right? Like, right. De- like Devin Hester. 
Devin Hester wasn't a good wide receiver. He wasn't a, he wasn't a Hall of Fame wide receiver, okay? I mean, you know this. He was a he was a fine player in the offense, but what was he good at? The, the return game. Yeah. The return uh-huh. game is why he legitimately should be in Canton. Is he's the greatest punt returner of all time. Yeah. And he and because of that, he wasn't a great offensive player. He wasn't a number one or a two or even at times a three wide receiver in the Bears offense. He not even was, a five usually. Yeah, he <laughs> was a specialist. And Leonard, to a certain extent here, we are waiting on him to do something that is very difficult to do. And that is to go grab a fumble or an interception as a linebacker. I mean, that's what we're asking him to do. And I know that was his specialty. To me, he is a specialist. He's not an every-down player, and they see it that way. And right now, I mean, whether you like it or not, EJ Speed... And he's only under contract through 2024, but for the rest of this season, and when we talk about next year, financially, EJ Speed probably gives you mm-hmm. similar production, and EJ Speed is going to make $4 million roughly instead of 19 to $20 million. And, and I look at Colts fans... And, and I just don't feel like Colts fans care that much that Leonard is making this stink. Now, as far as the comments, the Colts, I believe, are handling this the right way. And I, I think it's probably a good thing that Ursay is sitting this one out, right? I think that's probably the case. Uh, that The Colts, and again, that's the same representation that Jonathan yep. Taylor had. Uh-huh. The, the Colts are handling this the right way that when it's Steichen or it's Gus Bradley, they're saying nice things about Leonard. And hell, Mark, they're still playing him. Yeah. Okay, He's still getting a nice amount of snaps. It's not like he's sitting over there playing 20% of the snaps or playing 10 snaps a game or just on special teams or just in exotic form formations or whatever it may be it's not that way at all and so the Colts are playing this we're not going to say anything and if we do we're saying nice things uh, about him and there is to me there's not there's nobody who would call in today or text in today or be on the YouTube channel today Mark that would say you know what we need a bigger dose of Shaq Leonard and so I feel like everyone you know Commonly, with the Jonathan Taylor situation, or even maybe the drafting last April of this past April of Anthony Richardson, you know, there's people that maybe wanted Will Levis, right? There's mm-hmm. guys that wanted oh, other yeah. quarterbacks. Wait, go get, you know, go get a quarterback in round CJ two. Stroud. Go get a quarterback yeah. in round three. Move up, get somebody else. Like, there's a different way of thinking with the Jonathan Taylor contract. There was, well, you can't pay him, and then there's people, oh, well, you gotta pay him, and there's different views. I don't feel like with Shaq Leonard, there's a lot of different views. I think we all understand he's a part-time linebacker, and I, I, I guess the only the only hot take out there would be if he feels like it hasn't been communicated to him. I think that's a question that's valid for Steichen or Bradley in the future is, what is the communication with a guy like Leonard? Because he's alleging, hey, I'm not playing, and they're not telling me why I'm not yeah, playing. I, that, that I can understand his grievances where you're not being communicated with as a veteran player of what your role is or what you're planning to do with a game plan with him. That I understand. The the plays you're on the field, though, you have to make impact plays. Like, when was the last time you heard Shaq Leonard's name 
in a broadcast of making a splash play. On the reps that he's out there, he's not really doing that. He's getting like shared tackles, a solo tackle here and there, but he's not making sacks, forced fumbles, interceptions. He's not doing any of that stuff that he used to excel at. And so you're seeing a reduced role. You're getting more production out of EJ Speed and Zaire Franklin. So I understand his frustrations, but frustrations. And those but at guys the same are time, here. And those guys are here next year, yeah. Mark. And, the and, guys you're talking about. I understand his frustrations, but the plays you are out there, you need to make some splash plays, and then you'll get even more reps. That's kind of how it works in the NFL. And I again, we kind of chalk this year up as a make uh, get right get, a season for him in the first place. So. I don't know. I don't really know what the expectations were for him. I know my expectations for him heading into the season were low, so I get he probably has a bigger goal set for, mindset for himself, but this is kind of like a get-right season yeah. for him. So I understand his frustrations. At the same time, though, you get you got to step up it's when you're a, on the field. It's though. a sorting out season to see what they have going forward with Anthony Richardson and company. And it's tough for me to look at Shaq Leonard in that contract with and out to think that that there is a future in 24, 25, uh, and 26. Quick break. What should Michigan do with Jim Harbaugh? What should the NCAA help? What should the Big Ten do? I have a thought on that. Alex Golden at 9 o'clock hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. It's the wake-up call on the fan. All right, just a couple minutes here. Uh, Alex Golden going to join us top of the 9 o'clock hour. I believe Maytay. No Matt Taylor today. He's uh, going to be going through what customs. Boy, that's fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. Is Germany difficult to get into? Because some, some, no some countries is like, just go, ahead, <laughs> just go ahead and walk in. The United States, not one of those. The Colts have uh, just tweeted out that they've landed, though. They, they've got video of Jonathan Taylor walking good. through the airport. They are they have arrived. Ah, good for them. So there you go. I'm sure that was a, uh, a long uh, flight overnight. Hey, just real quick, something to watch out for. We won't have too much time to talk about it, but there is a thought that the Big Ten may suspend Jim Harbaugh today, head coach there at Michigan with all the sign-stealing stuff, Mark. Uh And, I mean, what's interesting about that is, I mean, that would be cutting their own foot off, if you will, uh, if, you know, if Harbaugh and them were to lose this weekend or whatever. You know, the Big Ten makes more money, the better bowl, and obviously going to the college football playoff, and they would have a couple teams, and it would perhaps eliminate – uh, Michigan, if they can make it, uh, I, I just I find this interesting because there's going to be a lot of lawyers involved. JMV may get this story handed to him later on today, and even though like I can understand people want to punish, I, I mean the NCAA hasn't done anything, and do we we don't have all of the information here, do we? Not don't yet. you feel don't you feel like we need all the information? Uh, but I think the Big Ten is in a spot to where they know they. They know they want to punish Harbaugh, but they're not going to be able to do so if they wait until after the season. And then you're going to be stuck with, do we punish Michigan or you know the coaches and players that had nothing to do with it, a coaching staff that would be new should Jim Harbaugh flee and go elsewhere in college or most likely the NFL. So uh, just, interesting. just throwing that out there, that, that's a story to watch today. And of course, it would be gutless if the Big Ten did it at 4 o'clock on a Friday. Why don't you man up, uh, which is something obviously. Six o'clock on a Friday. Conferences, yeah. Well, listen, I've been through a lot of uh, dumps, Friday dumps, if you uh-huh. will, uh, yeah. at at, uh, at the end. So we some shall are different see. than others. Yeah, we shall see what happens there. All right, we're gonna talk some Pacers. Alex Golden joins us next on the fan. 
Yeah, busy weekend here on the fan. You've heard the promos, Colts and Patriots there in Germany. 6.30 a.m. pregame coverage. Well, pregame, game, postgame. We have it all. Busy, busy Sunday right here on the fan. And then also Michigan, Penn State, Ole Miss, Georgia. All that coverage beginning at noon on Saturday. Uh, Those are the two biggies. I believe what college game days at Ole Miss, Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. So that's going to be a fun scene uh, as well. Speaking of fun scenes, a couple good nights. Nights at GameBridge, 126-124. Winners last night were the Pacers over the Bucks, And to talk about that and much more, Alex Golden joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline, talking some Pacers with him. Alex, good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. How are you doing? Uh, we are doing fantastic. I guess fill in the blank. It doesn't have to be just a one-word answer, but last night was what for the Pacers? Fill in the blank. Last night was what? It was a stepping stone in the right direction for this team to show people that they can legitimately be a playoff team and compete with the best of the best in the NBA. Did you think seven minutes to go they were down 10 that they were going to win the game? You know what? It was weird (laughs) because it felt like this was probably going to be one that they might be able to, you know, chip away at that 10-point lead and make it semi-close, but I thought it might be too little too late. The way they were able to kind of just – handle things and the way Giannis really slowed down the final three to four minutes, it, it really did feel like the perfect storm and the paces were able to weather it. So honestly, it, it, it was such a great energy in the building last night. It just it had a weird feel to it. I felt all day long like, I think we're actually going to pull this one out tonight for some reason, but I never imagined that Giannis Antetokounmpo would score 54 points on us on 19-25 to 25 shooting, and the Pacers would walk away with a two-point victory. That was just incredible to see. Plus he, made, plus, he made 16 of 18 free throws. I told Mark, yeah. Mark's in for KB today. I told Mark, you know, his best-case scenario, if you went to GameBridge or if you watched on Bally's last night, you got to see Giannis be special, and you got to see your team win. That's always fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, it felt like the game took forever, but you got to realize when a guy's shooting 18 free throws and he takes 10 seconds on mm-hmm. free throw, it's, it's <laughs> insane. I mean, I was literally counting every time just to see if he actually <laughs> got it off in the 10 seconds. But it's it releases right when you hit 10, so it's pretty interesting that he's got that time down perfectly. Setting the pace is Alex Golden joining us on the Pale Slickers Hotline. That did feel like a game last, last night that in years past the Pacers would have – found a way to lose that game. But I said mm-hmm. on Twitter last night that that was a signature win for this team going in the right direction, a big win against a team not only in your division in the Eastern Conference, but in the NBA overall. That was a huge win. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on that as well as Bendik Matherin. Is he starting to take big strides uh, now in these last couple of games? Yeah, I think the reason why you have to look at this as such a big win, too, is because there was no other game on TV at this time last night. So it was on NBA T for people that were watching uh, nationally. Now, locally, obviously, that wasn't broadcast because it's blacked out. But you still have to realize, like, this is a great opportunity for the Pacers to kind of showcase who they are. And this was the third game in four nights. You know, they've had a tough stretch here. I mean, obviously, all the games have been at home. But, you know, five games in seven days is a lot of basketball. So the fact that they were able to go four and five in this homestand here was just incredible to me. And then you talk about it, Ben Mather in the last two games, I think after the Jazz game, Rick Carlisle said that was Ben Matherin's best game of his career that he's seen. Well, then he goes back and, and, and even has a better game than that against the Bucks, And he had some huge stops defensively down the end. And I think that is what you're wanting to see. You're wanting to see Benedict Matherin kind of separate himself from the rest of the Pacers roster behind Tyrese Halliburton as that number two guy. And it's a super small sample size, and it's a team sport, and I totally get all that. But 
seeing Ben kind of elevate his game to a different level is what made this feel even more significant because he had key moments in that game that really kind of spearheaded that comeback before Tyrese Halliburton hit the go-ahead three. So Ben Matherin is, is doing all the things the right way. Bruce Brown said it best. He said it to Pat Boylan last night after the game was over in the locker room. Like, you know, Ben was trying to be too much of a passer. He, he, he's not a pass-first guy. He's more of a scorer. We need him to get back to doing what he does and let the passing kind of flow naturally. So I think as he's trying to find that mix of when he should be a passer, when he should be a scorer, what he needs to do, like I, I think offensively that's going to figure itself out. But defensively, that's where he showed the most growth last night. And that's where I think if he can lock in as a lockdown defender for this team, in years to come, man, they've got themselves a very special two-way player. On the other end of the spectrum there, Alex, uh, Buddy Heald's kind of gotten off to a slow start this season. I'm a huge Buddy Heald fan. I wanted them to keep him, uh, even with all the trade rumors and all that. Uh, what do you think's going on with his slow start to the season? You know, honestly, the first three games of his homestand, he was shooting lights out. I think he was averaging like 17 points a game. So it was kind of one of those things where I think the last two games he's gone 4 of 23. It feels significant because – He's shooting a lot of them, and they weren't going in. And it's weird because it's like if he's not shooting and hitting threes, you know, how else is he impacting the game? Well, that's his best trait. So it's like you got to probably limit his minutes when he's not hitting. But even if you're just a, a fan watching the game, every time Buddy Hill's open, you feel like it's going in. Or if he gets a shot off, you think it's going to be a made basket. So you still have to ride or die with that a little bit. But, no, it, I, I think it's just, you know, the, the shots have been good. I don't really think I've noticed Buddy Hill being terrible. I just think it's been – not making shots for sometimes he has made shots. So I'm assuming against Philadelphia on Sunday or Tuesday, we're going to see Buddy have a really efficient game, probably go like 7 of 10 or something like that from three and just really impress us all. So that's kind of what I'm feeling with Buddy. I just think a little bit of inconsistency and maybe some of it's because he's coming off the bench, but I, I don't think it's that much. I think Buddy's fine and he'll figure it out. Alex Golden with us here setting the pace, joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline on the fan on this Friday. Reminder, we'll give our uh, Colts picks coming up in about 40 minutes. Uh, not that that matters, Alex. Not that we're ever right. So we'll give our picks that will probably uh, be wrong. I, I want to go back because the Buddy Heel discussion is interesting. But I, I want to loop back around to, to Benedict Matherin. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to me, this is a huge deal. I mean, I open the show with if, if this guy takes his game to that next step, if he was a B-level player and he becomes an A or a C-level player and he's a B-plus, A-minus, whatever it may be, that is a huge deal. And it's it's a draft pick that is a hit, right? And it yeah. puts him next to, to Halliburton as a one-two punch of young guys, exciting players. And, and there was a play, I mean, I, I think for me, him – him getting a you know 11 rebounds that's 20 rebounds in the last two games Alex that's a career high last night so that's number one and there was a play where I think he stripped Giannis and he's walking yeah. down the floor and he's he's pumping the crowd up and he's fist pumping and that's not from a dunk or a big three or something from the offensive side that is from the defensive side and I would imagine if I'm that coaching staff if I'm Rick Carlisle today that makes me as happy as anything through the first nine games I just you know, if Matherin can become one of those players here in Indianapolis, that's what they need. This team needs another star. And I'm not even saying he's going to turn into a star this year, but if he can be a starter way above average, I mean, he has pushed Buddy Heald to the bench for the most part. He really has. Yeah, I mean, and you kind of look at it from this perspective, too, because Indiana is a small market, and the best way for them to acquire talent is going to be through the draft. They're not usually. Sure in the top of the lottery where they were when they picked Ben Matherin at six overall. 
So they have to hit on this pick. I think there's a lot of pressure for them to hit on this pick because it's not somewhere they're usually used to picking at. But at the same time, Benedict Matherin has a special capability to him. He has what I think nobody else on this team has, and that is just like the edge to be great. I, I'm not against, not saying Tyrese Halliburton doesn't, but b- between those two, obviously. So we heard Chad Buchanan talk about it in summer league, like you know, Ben Matherin. There's something special about him. He has a confidence that is like through the roof, but. You talk about that celebrating the defensive play. Matherin said after the game that was the thing he worked on the most during the offseason. So I'm sure it just feels like a little bit rewarding to him to see that that defense, that all that work he put into it on that side of the basketball was paying off, and he did it against one of the best players in the league, an MVP candidate type of guy. So I, I love seeing that from Matherin. I love seeing the growth we've seen in two games. Sure, it's not a huge sample size, but – if he can separate himself, you know, and put himself up there next with Tyrese as a one-two punch for this Pacers team, they're going to be in really good hands for years to come. And I remember after they drafted him, I talked with some people, and basically the hope was maybe he can become the Anthony Edwards of the Eastern Conference. So hmm. if he can end up reaching that level, Edwards is a dang good basketball player. If he can reach that level then, my goodness, him and Halliburton for years to come is going to be a scary duo in the Eastern Conference. Alex Golden with us here on The Fan. Help me here, Alex. What were the re- what were the reports of what the Pacers offered Buddy Heald that he did not take in the offseason? Was it a three-year deal? How much was it for? Do you remember? Um, yeah, so I don't think anything was ever on the record for what it was, so I'm not sure. I, I would assume it was probably a close to a three-year extension. They do have about, what, $7, $8 million right now in cap space. They probably could have done a renegotiation and an extension like they did last year with Turner right. when they had some of that extra cap space there to make him you know, go, jump from $19 million to $37 million last year and then kind of spread it out through the next couple of years. So I don't really know what the exact um, number was, but I think that, Somewhere in the 18 to 19 million range, if they offered him something like that, that seems pretty fair. Uh, Buddy might want more than that. Buddy, won't, you know, this might be one of his last big contracts. Maybe he's looking in the 20 million dollar range. But regardless, I mean, shooting's at an all time high in the NBA, and if you can get one of the best shooters in the league, you know, at a good price, I, I think it's worth looking at. But at the same time, the Pacers probably want to keep their options open too, and don't tie up too much money. Um, into somebody that's coming off your bench. Well, you got to find those right dynamics of how much you got to spend. Yeah, well, Alex, that's what I was going to say. I, I, again, I know it's nine games, and I do feel like when Buddy Heald shoots that it's going in, but right now his numbers are just kind of – they're not they're not totally Buddy Heald numbers, right? Like, we can admit mm. that his minutes are obviously down, his points are down. Uh, from last year, his three-point percentage is down. And again, this is nine games uh, – uh, he's not going to be a starter if Matherin plays well. I mean, there are going to be games where Heald is going to play th- over 30 minutes and Matherin or somebody else, you know, depending on matchups and injuries and who's hot and who's not. I guess my point is, you know, if Buddy Heald was offered 18, 19 mil a year, that's pretty good because, I mean, Alex, like you just said, he's going to be a bench player here. Right, yeah. he's going, and, and so I just, to me, I, I we might be seeing the end of Buddy Heald when I look out there and I see Matherin playing so well. This is not a team that can put twenty mil a year into a guy averaging twelve minutes or twelve points a game. They just can't do it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because Buddy means so much to this team. I think in terms of his uh, relationship with Tyrese Halliburton, the chemistry that he brings. Um, but you're not paying someone $20-some million just to be a no. good guy in the locker room. So I'm not saying that. But I do think that Buddy does provide a lot because if you look at the way the Pacers play a certain style, he fits that style of play perfectly. So 
that's the one thing you have going for you. He really respects Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle really likes him as well. It's just a lot of a good relationships there. And I, and I don't ever really worry about Buddy because we've seen Buddy actually, I think, evolve a little bit more this year as a passer, which was something that I hadn't really seen in years past. And then defensively, I think Buddy's gotten better. Still, obviously, this is a Pacers team that has to improve collectively as a defensive unit. But he's made strides since he's been here. So, yeah, his role is just going to be – I mean, if you look at the numbers, they're going to be down because he's not playing as much. And not playing with Tyrese as much does, I think, impact his Agreed. overall value. But at the same time, uh, you want – you know, Ben Matherin has a higher ceiling. So, you're hoping that Buddy Hield is a bench player because Ben Matherin then is ascending in the right direction. And then you bring in a guy like Bruce Brown – who just has so many good assets that he brings to this team and, and does a lot of different things that probably Buddy Hill doesn't do. So you just have to find that right balance. And I, and I think I'm trying to be really fair to Buddy because I think Buddy was huge in that Cavs game they won just last Friday. So it's it's one of those things Buddy Hill can, can be a huge spark off the bench for this team. You just got to find how much money is he worth and, and what does he really bring value-wise compared to some of the other guys that you have ahead of him. Sunday and Tuesday at Philadelphia. Do you like staying in town and kind of getting those, not back-to-back, but a Sunday and Tuesday game? And obviously we know how good Philadelphia is. Joel Embiid uh, right now is a freak show. They're 6-1 on the early season. Maxi uh, has also become a really nice player for them. I followed him in college. What do you make of the upcoming two-game set here with Philadelphia? Yeah, I really like the, I really like how the NBA has done this a little bit more. Like It's almost like a mini-series where you play this team twice, you're in the same uh, area, you know, Philadelphia, so they don't have to travel. And Tyrese Halliburton talked about it. You know, they'll play each other Sunday, then they'll really get a good scouting report from one another, and then they have the in-season tournament game. So that could be interesting to see how uh, intensified that game is because of the previous matchup. The Pacers just got a nice warm-up with Giannis before they go go face Embiid because Embiid has been someone that has just – pummeled Indiana for years and they've never really had a good answer for him and Tyrese Maxey is a special player like you said they've just got a lot of good guys on this roster and the, and, and, the, and the Sixers you know they had that James Harden stuff hanging over their head but they've been able to weather that storm and I thought you know Nick Nurse has done a good job with this team Nick Nurse obviously had some real good success in Toronto uh, the, the Pacers you know took care of Toronto last year pretty well and Adrian Griffin, who was also part of that Nick Nurse coaching tree, was with the Bucks. He, uh, last night he ended up getting ejected, which I think those two points might have mattered a little bit at the end yeah. of the game. But, uh, but yeah, I think Philadelphia, that's just a, it's a tough matchup. It always has been for the Pacers. I would just love to see them kind of give it to them, you know, see how Tyrese Halliburton goes up against Tyrese Maxey. Do they make a little bit of a personal challenge going up against each other because they are kind of in that same boat of, like, uh, really good guards on, on some of the topper teams in the Eastern Conference. So, it should be fun. I think the one player that I always kind of is under the radar but always kills the Pacers, too, is Tobias Harris. I, I think the Pacers are going to have to see if they can have a matchup for him because it seems like any time we've played six foot eight, six foot nine forwards in previous years, we haven't really had someone to throw at them. But maybe with Obi Toppin on the roster now, that does kind of limit what uh, Tobias can do against some of our smaller defenders. Setting the pace is Alex Golden joining us for a couple more minutes on the Payless Liggers Hotline. A uh, couple more from me, Alex. Uh, Jarris Walker, uh, what's going on with him? Not getting a ton of playing time uh, just because he's a rookie, or is there something else going on with that? No, it's just because I, I think part of it is, is they've went there and they solidified that power forward spot by trading for Obi Toppin, and then they also have Aaron Neesmith off the bench, and those two guys right now are just a little bit more ready than Jarris Walker. I, I think that it would be interesting – 
for Carlisle to try to find some minutes for Jairus, but this is where the, the tough balance of trying to win now and develop young players can can be hard because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the Pacers are trying to win games. They're 6-3 and three right now. They're third in the Eastern Conference. And, and Jairus Walker, if you watched him in preseason, you did see there were some flashes there, but pretty raw. And then defensively, he was not good against Boston in those crunch time, in the, um, the blowout win, right, obviously. Uh, he had some moments where he looked okay, but he just – Defensively, it was not a good showing for him. So I, I think that it's just – there's there's a special player, I think, in Jairus Walker, but we're not there yet. And so for him just to kind of sit back, kind of take this season in a little bit, he'll get his, he'll get a chance to, to play. There's going to be an injury. There's going to be something that happens where they go to him in the middle of the season where he gets some playing time. But I don't think we should really rely on any consistency from him in the rotation. And it's not a knock on him. I just think this roster is deep and he's just not ready yet to, to be playing at this high of a level that they're wanting to play at. And your thoughts on last night's court design. Oh, I liked yeah, it. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it definitely, it's definitely a little bit tamer than the blue, I won't lie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do like that they're making it special to match kind of the black jerseys because black jerseys with bright blue and yellow on a navy court would not, or you know, a court with navy and gold on it would not really – you know, they would be really conflicting colors. So I like it a lot. I think Redick Bowman did a great job of creating the jerseys and creating the, the court. It looks fantastic. And I think Pacer fans should be excited about it because it's totally different. And it seems like they're kind of embracing more of this newer, exciting edge that we haven't really seen from more of a traditionalist team. Alex, appreciate the time, my man. Have a uh, have a fantastic weekend. The Pacers, obviously, an interesting young team. Uh, we talk about Eastern Conference wins, a couple wins over Cleveland, a win last night over Milwaukee. These are the type of games you need to win, and they have a couple under their belt here uh, in the first couple weeks of the season. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you guys have a good one, too. Thank you so much. And, yeah, the Pacers are a super fun team to watch, so I'm excited to see where they go from here. Alex Golden with us here on uh, the Payless Liquors Hotline, setting the pace. You want to follow his stuff there. We always appreciate it. Uh, two things I wanted just just from that conversation, and then we'll get to a morning check down, and then back into some Colts conversation, pop quiz in 10 minutes. I, <laughs> it's interesting how – like, like there is a reality here with everything, Mark. Mm-hmm. The the reality here is that Buddy Healed, his usage has went down quite a bit here. Uh, I, I mean, like, there's going to be a game, and there are going to be games where you need Buddy Healed. I want to be clear: they need Buddy Healed to be off the bench and to and to make those shots anyway. Yeah. Okay. As part of whether it's an eight, nine, ten man rotation, they need him anyway. But there has been a clear, and this is unfortunately, this was kind of the conversation when everyone's like, "Well, you got to pay Buddy, pay Buddy." Oh, okay, but. You're not paying Buddy for you're you're almost paying him for what he did do, not what his new job is going to be. If Benedict Matherin and Halliburton are on the floor and those are the guys, and make no mistake about it, those are the two guys. And Matherin taking the next step is for this franchise has to be number one. Like, you already know Halliburton's great, right? Yes. Uh-huh. We, we, we we had the, um, the ESPN article yesterday that if you look at players under 25 years old in the NBA, he ranked 
fourth on that list. And he was ahead of guys like John Moran. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as Zion Williamson has been kind of a bust because of injury, because of laziness, because he's not taking care of himself, his body and everything else. Like he was like seventh on that list. Halliburton, I move him aside uh, as, sure, is he going to continue as a young player to get better? The answer is yes. I mean, the answer is you would hope so, but the answer is you can understand that he's going to do that. Matherin is the number one story with this franchise to me, is his development, he's buying in his defense and all of these different things that go into, I mean, this is, it feels like, he is Rick Carlisle's project right now, is Benedict Matherin. That's how I feel watching it, that that so much uh, is, is riding on you know the Pacers. Hey, we took him, what, sixth overall of him becoming the player that lives up to that. And, and, and to me, the guy who is affected the most by that, if Matherin plays well, is Buddy Heald. And that that's not a slight to Buddy at all. Uh, but what it does mean is he is going to have less opportunity to do what he normally has done. I it's mean, not if, a vote against Heald. It's a vote for Yeah, yeah that, that's almost the way that I would put it. And so if that is the case, and if 18 to 20 mil was on the table for Buddy, I, I just, I mean... It, Can you imagine turning that down? Well, it's not even that. It's like... Where else are you going to get that yeah. if you're not going to be able to beat out Benedict Matherin, right? I mean, that that's the way that I, what what other team is going to be out there that would have a starting role now saying that they need Buddy to be a little bit better when he's out there. But I mean, if you look at minutes wise, I mean, it's the least amount of minutes he's played per game since his rookie year. I mean, it is very much clear the the line there. And then the other thing, and I got thinking about this too. Uh, even before Alex was was throwing it out there, Buddy Heald is sure handling things differently than Shaq Leonard. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean if you look at it, I mean Heald right now understands he's through going through a mini slump and he's not playing as many minutes. He understands that he went from a starter to a guy that if the team's going to be the best, he's going to be coming off the bench. I mean, that is a lot for a guy who has scored a lot of points and who has had a lot of value and has made a lot of money uh, and in the NBA. I mean, that that's a difficult thing to be able to kind of step back from. Shaq Leonard right now is not able to do it. Buddy no. Heald through nine games, Mark, has been able to do I it. I think it's a little different with the NBA just because the longevity of your career is a lot longer well, and and the guaranteed money yeah, and the guaranteed money and i think buddy Hill's like well if the pacers don't want me surely one of these other 29 teams could use me and whatnot there so i think think he has a little more job security than shaq leonard does where shaq leonard signed that monster deal and that might be the last one he's ever going to see because i don't know if the way he's playing right now if he's going to see a contract no, he, that never he, even he'll be on a that. one he'll be on a one-year deal and the colts might try sure. to get out of it because of, of the just the fall off that he's had on on the field and whatnot so buddy Hill. Still like what he does. I think he can still be a key cog in this Pacers rotation. But Benedict Matherin is kind of giving me like Jimmy Butler vibes where he's got that fire. He's got that intensity on defense and everything like that. If he can keep developing that, the Pacers have a real one in Benedict Matherin. And him and Halliburton can be one hell of a dynamic duo. Well, yeah, that's the, the hope. I mean, I, I think the, the, the organization right now 
is you have to lock in a superstar, right? Like, we all agree with that. You have to lock in a superstar, okay? They have locked in a superstar. We can all agree with that. You need competent coaching in the NBA. There's no doubt. Now more than 900 wins at Rick Carlisle is absolutely that. And so the the next thing is building, and not the big three. We don't need to go back to Miami or some of the big three like Brooklyn has tried to do or anything like that, but it's putting other stars, and by the way, guys who are not making the $35 yeah. million dollars a year, mm-hmm. putting other superstars around the star that you have. That's why Matherin is so big. Now, the other thing, we haven't talked too much about this, and I think KB would disagree with me, so I'm going to run Uh-oh. this by you, okay? okay? Because I think KB would disagree. I, I'm He's not, under robot control I, I, right I'm, now, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not too high on Obi Toppin. Oh. I'm just not. Really? I, Interesting. I, no, I, I think this is a, a prove-it year for Obi Toppin. I think it would be crazy to, to bring him back. I mean, we have seen in crunch time him be, uh, him be on the bench. I, I, he's not a lockdown defender. I, I know no one's going to be able to to guard Giannis, but he's not a lockdown defender. Um, he's about eight nine points a game, and that's kind of like there was a thought in New York that he didn't start for the Knicks. Mark, and that was a big problem for them, and that when they started him, they needed to play him and play him more. I'm not saying it was a bad deal. What I'm saying is there was a thought that Obi Toppin, you would look at him and be like, well, yeah, he's our starting power forward. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like they need to give him a four-year deal at at, at the end when he's averaging three rebounds a game? He had zero rebounds last night, Mark. Not great. He played 13 minutes. Now, he didn't play a lot of minutes. He played 19 minutes the game before. He had one rebound. Now, his contract is very team friendly he's not he's not making a ton of money as far as nba salaries are concerned so so that's okay uh, i'm going to be i'm going to take the wait and see approach with obi he had two rebounds against san antonio I'll take the I'll take the. Wait and see I, I know I, I'm fine with that, but what I've been saying is everyone's been waiting and seeing on Obi Toppin. And at some <laughs> well, point, there's a so, reason why he's well, yeah, got a no, Knicks it, uniform. Yeah, it's a, it's it's okay just to say he's he's eight to ten points a game. He's three four rebounds a game. There's nothing wrong with yeah, that. I'm not ser- saying serviceable. Yeah, I'm not saying he can't make 15 mil a year, whatever contract he can. But when we talk about can you play Jarris Walker at the four? When you talk about putting someone next to Turner, to me after this season, my guess. Was will be that, that this will be something that we'll talk about and my guess is also and we'll get to a check down here you you're not trading buddy healed this year I you're, think you're, so. you're, you're, you're not I mean he's got he there's more value it's like I have an I have a 2013 car right now if I get it fixed it has more value to me mm-hmm. than it does if I try to sell it. That's how I feel about Buddy Heald. You could go get something from the Lakers or somebody else, but to me, there's more value on a young team. You're not sure if Matherin's going to play 82 great games. I mean, he's not, okay? You're going to need uh, Buddy Heald. So some good conversation there. Uh, let's dive into it. Morning check down here before we get to our pick. Yeah, we can move through this pretty quick, uh, Mark. 126-124, Pacers over the Bucks. They now go on the road. Going to be two games in Philly. You have Sunday and then Tuesday. Sunday at 6 o'clock, Tuesday 7 o'clock. The Pacers, 6-3, and three, five of those home wins at GameBridge. But again, the two games coming up in Philadelphia. Thursday night football. We'll get through this real quick. Bears top the Panthers 16-13 in pretty boring game. Bears now by 42% chance of getting the number one overall pick. So there you go. That's the start of week 10 of the NFL season. There are other primetime games of the of the week stink as Ugh. well. Uh, Colts-Patriots kick off week 10 at 9.30 in the morning from Frankfurt, Germany. Our coverage starts at 6.30 right here on this station. 
Kickoff again, 9.30 in the morning. So make sure you put an extra pot of coffee on. Yeah, I see Scotty over here. He knows it's going to be a long day, a long morning. Local college football, Purdue hosting Minnesota on Saturday. That one, 3.30 on NBC. Purdue favored by one. I'm looking at an over-under, 47.5, 48, something like that. I guess, I I don't know. Purdue's been so bad at home. You almost go Minnesota in the under there. I, I don't know. Uh, and then Indiana on the road at Illinois. Indiana, a 6.5-point dog. That over-under at 43. And a half, and then the big ones this weekend: Michigan, Penn, uh, Penn State, and Ole Miss, Georgia. Both of those games you'll hear Saturday on the fan. Let's take a break. Three one seven two three nine ten seventy. A hop on in. We're gonna get a winner. It's a Friday. You know, it's a it's a freebie Friday, right? Yep. We'll get free, a winner. Free Jiffy LaBoyle change. Pop quiz coming up next. Then our picks. Half an hour to go here on the fan. All right, it's a freebie Friday. Jiffy Lube, we're giving away an oil change. I want to say, Mark, this week we've had rather good contestants, right? Yeah. I mean, we had some three out of fives. I think we had a four, four out, out of five, five yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. You know what that means? We're getting a one out of five today. Well, even if you go one for five, you get the Jiffy Lube oil change. The poor guy that got the four out of five gets nothing. The guy that I gets the one the out of five. Uh, yeah. yeah, he did. Well, you did call on the wrong day. Uh, two, three, nine, ten, seventy. What caller number would you like to go with, Mark? Uh, let you do, I'll let you decide. Let's go. Go number two. Caller number two. I believe that is Chris. Chris, good morning, sir. How are you? Good guys. Hey, it's uh, you probably don't know Andy. I haven't called in when uh, since you started, but uh, I'm uh, Forklift Chris. Uh, Mark knows me. Yes. Okay. How you been, Chris? Good. Good. How's Forklifts good. going? Oh, good, real good. You are you outside? Are, are you outside, or is uh, is all your forklifting inside, or is it outside? It's inside, but it's the, the, the weather is the same as uh, is outside. It's open dock. Ah, so. fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Well, well there appreciate we go. you calling. Yeah, appreciate you calling, man. Good to hear from you. You ready to roll? Oh yeah, ready. All right, here we go. Question number one: uh, Giannis, fifty-four points on nineteen of twenty-five shooting. He also had twelve rebounds, but it was not enough. The Bucks fell to the Pacers last night. Name the last player to score fifty points on seventy-five percent or better shooting with at least ten boards in an NBA game and to lose that game. Okay, so there's a lot of qualifiers there, but that's what happened last night. Uh, was it the Joker? Was it Jokic? Was it Wilt Chamberlain? Was it Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Or is Giannis the first to do it? Um, I'm going to say he was the first. I, I, that didn't sound really familiar. Yeah, it's not. All right, good start. Siri talking oh, to you again. Dude, this is like the third day in a row this has happened. I have no idea. <laughs> All Damn right, Chris. Watch. Last night marked the set. What was that? <laughs> At least I got uh, at least one out of five. Hey, baby, right. you're, right. you, you at least got one. That takes the pressure off. Last night marked the seventh 50-point game in Giannis's career. Who is the active leader in career 50-point games? Mm-hmm. Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, James Harden, or LeBron James? I'll go with Steph. This guy has a beard that I couldn't grow if you gave me 37 years. Oh, LeBron. Question no. number three. <laughs> Question number three. On yesterday's pop quiz, we mentioned the Colts are 0-1 all-time in regular season international games. How have the Patriots done outside of the U.S.? Do they have a winning record, a losing record, or are they 500? I'll say they have a winning record. Winning record? All right, let's move on to question number four. 
LeBron's nickname is The Beard. Uh, on this day in 1940, <laughs> the Steelers beat the Eagles in a rout 7-3. to Oh, my goodness. At Ooh. Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. The game was one of just four in NFL history with zero penalties. Wow. How many of those four penalty-free games came after 1940? Put on your historical thinking cap for this one. A, none. B, one. C, two. Or D, three. Well, since I'm 49, that's so probably a little bit before my time, but um, I'll say one. That's a pretty good that's guess. A, that's a fair guess, I, given a 1940s question. Oh, man, it is, but it also just shows how, like, they have to throw the flag all the time. Anyway, uh, question number five on this day in 1991, Browns quarterback Bernie Kosar's NFL record streak of 308 pass attempts without an interception finally came to an end. Kosar's streak would be surpassed. Uh, who currently holds the record for most consecutive pass attempts without an interception? Is it Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, Derek Carr? I'm not a fan of this guy, if that helps. What was that? (laughs) Brady, Rodgers, Goff, Carr. (laughs) What was the hint on that one? I'm not a fan of this guy. (laughs) Probably Brady. Oh. Chris, you got a couple, Chris. But uh, the answer to that one was Aaron Rodgers. Appreciate the phone call. Let's put him on hold. You got a Jiffy Lube oil change regardless. Eh, Not too bad. Two out of five. Whatever. Do you get two out of five? Giannis Uh, was the first. That was his first. So so always always stick with historical figures. Giannis was the first one to get uh, to score 50 points on 75% or better shooting and 10 boards. James Harden. Yeah, you tried to help him. The beard, man. Not LeBron James. You did everything. You did everything you could. You tried to help him. You really did. James Harden has 23 50 point games. That is pretty wild. What's crazier? Steph Curry only has 12 or Giannis only has seven? You know what? It's probably that Steph Curry only has twelve. Yeah, because I would have went Curry or Harden there. Th- those would have been my two answers. You gotta, you gotta think. Harden dominates the ball wherever he's been. He yeah. just dribbles a damn ball and gets to the free throw line. Twenty three. That's, that's I know. That's pretty wild. It's a lot. He got question three right. Question four. Uh, how many what non penalty games after nineteen forty? The answer is none. Zero. Uh, because we throw flags all over the place. And then Aaron Rodgers. Did you breathe Rogers, on that quarterback flag? Aaron Rodgers holds the record for most consecutive pass attempts without a pick. Now the reason this one reared its ugly head is Jared Goff this year. If you remember, that was mm-hmm. a huge stat in week two. That streak came to an end at three hundred and eighty three when Jared Goff. Scotty, who was that again? It was a nationally televised game. Seahawks? Was that it? Okay, yeah. I remember that. Because they literally talked about like he hasn't thrown a pick, and then of course the play after he threw a pick. That's exactly uh, what happens. But Brady Brady went 399 and 358 in his career. Uh, Rodgers is the right answer at 402. Again, golf went 383. Derek Carr, uh, I wouldn't have even thought of him, to be quite honest, at 332. So good stuff there. Congratulations to Chris. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Colts picks. We'll do it next. Football Friday here on The Fan. Is this Andrew WK? It is. I haven't heard Andrew WK in a good minute. God, I remember I bought that CD for like $7 (laughs) at Target. That was a good album, though. uh, Back when things were $7? Had a a big sticker over it because he busted his nose on purpose. So it was a big bloody nose picture on on the cover. And I was like, well, that's fake. I'm like, well, not according to him. He said he hit it with a cinder block. 
Is that what it was? Yeah, I remember. I've seen him. A he few was crazy. Times. He was at he was at a riot fest that I went. Is to. Is he still with us? By the way, oh, he's still. Oh, okay. oh yeah, he's he's like a he's like a. a um, a public speaker now. He does like, you know, group talks and everything like that. Well, like motivational speaking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like go out, like he talks to like uh, people who are in sales and tells them to go attack their day. You can be anything you want to be. You can be, you control your own destiny, Mark uh-huh. Dykton. Is that what he tells yeah. you? Uh, 239 Appreciate everyone hanging out. Again, KB out today. He'll be back in the saddle on Monday's. Uh, New and improved hair Yeah, and I mean, I, I can't wait to talk to him about the, the procedure. We grow hair indie. So I think he got in there about 8 a.m or so so they should be you know in the middle of the procedure right now whatever that entails our guy is going to be looking better here in the next few Fabio weeks Fabio Bowen that? incoming on uh, Monday morning good for him we'll, we'll see I can't wait to see what hat he's wearing if he's wearing a hat or not on Monday Ooh, I, I think he might be hat free I'm, I'm gonna say he's gonna or play he it safe to, and go hat free or he has to be uh, hat free there uh, okay so you have your pick and you have the pick of one Kevin Bowen I do yeah I wanted to make sure I got to him before the uh, robot started poking okay. at his skull so did you text him earlier this morning I, I or did you text him, him last, last night, night? Said, hey okay. FYI what, what is your Colts Patriots pick so he's okay. giving it to me okay um, well, do you want- I, I don't know if he was had like a premonition like he was he was already predicting the Col- the uh, Bears and Panthers game and he thought it was Colts Patriots but he picked the Colts <laughs> to win 16 to 13 so the exact score okay. of last night's barn burner between the Panthers and Bears he's got the exact same score Colts winning 16 13 Andy Colts okay. Patriots what do you have sir Well what do you have you go for you go first I- I'm going to ride with the Colts in this one uh I think the neutral site helps yeah. I think Mac Jones stinks I think you ride Zach Moss and you ride Jonathan Taylor into the uh, Frankfurt sunset as long as you can. I've got the pay- or the I'm sorry, I've got the Colts winning. Uh, give me 24 to 17 over the New England Patriots. Okay, that's interesting because that's more of the score that I have. Uh, just some betting trends in this game, and again, sometimes these numbers mean something, and sometimes they don't. Uh, I don't I don't mind admitting some of the betting numbers are justification. It's like, hey, I want to pick this team, so I'm going to justify through some sort of number system. Uh, but if you if you look at it, uh, you know the the the, the Colts, and again, uh, again, I want to be clear, not all these are Shane Steichen games. Uh, they're five and one against the spread against the AFC East in the last six games. Let me give you something on the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots one in ten mark against the spread mm. in the last eleven games. The Patriots zero and seven against the spread in their last non-division games. The last seven non-division games, uh, which tells you they're not a good team. They're losing and they're not covering at all. If they win, you know, if they win, they're also not covering on that side either. The Colts are three and one straight up and against the spread. Their last four games. To me, I'll go back to what I said, and we can just have some general. A conversation here. I'm going to actually go 23-17. I'm going to go with the Colts as well. Uh, and I, I fear, I fear, and I want you guys to remember this, Uh-oh. I fear that everyone at the fam, when we put up our our, our, our image on mm-hmm. Twitter and on social media and 1075thefan.com, I fear everyone is going to end up picking the Colts. Yeah. And not one person is going to pick the Patriots. And then we'll be called homers. Yeah. <laughs> 
But then if we pick against the Colts, we'll be called haters. And then, yeah, then uh, who who retweeted us? Which tight end? Someone retweeted. It wasn't Ogletree. Uh, Mo Mo Alley Cox retweeted us Uh when. I think everyone or just about everyone picked. No, it was everybody picked the Ravens to win yeah. back earlier in the season. Still, that's going to be one of the more confusing results of the entire NFL season is the Colts walking in and beating the Baltimore Ravens. But, you know, for me, the conversation has been, and we had a call earlier, Belichick takes away what your, your main thing. Yeah, I feel like that was Belichick like seven years ago, okay? I don't feel like that's Belichick now. By saying that, I think we all understand that the Patriots are going to do everything to try to stop the run. And I think this is a simple game, much like the Carolina game, and that's why they... You know, that's why they put the offense into neutral or park, if you will. And that is they know in a game like this, if you're the team that doesn't turn the football over, the chance of you winning the game is through the roof. And I think they felt that way in the second half against Carolina. Shane Steichen talked about it post-game and in one of his press conferences midweek that he talked about not turning the ball over. And so for me, is this a game where Gardner Minshew throws the ball for 21 times or 41 times? It better not be 41. And, and, and to me, that is interesting. If they, I will be disappointed, Mark, if they're not able to run the ball against the Patriots. I, I know the Patriots have a good run defense, 11th but, best, but, yeah. but this is this is an offensive line that we think is good, that we think is pretty good. And then on top of it, there is a probability that, a high probability, that you get Braden Smith back this week. He's ready to go. He made the trip. Uh, he's been participating in practice. So there is a thought here. Braden Smith plays. And I know it's been, what, four weeks or whatever it is since he's you know been involved uh, with the practice, but you bring him back. You're talking about an above-average offensive line. This is one of those games where you tell your line, we're winning by dominating the line of scrimmage. And when you have Jonathan Taylor, and he's rolling, and he's your number one, and then you throw on top of it Zach Moss, um, uh, to me, this is an offensive line game for the Indianapolis Colts that they go win this game. And I feel like as well that, that I don't know, I guess I felt this way. When, when you pick against a team, you know, I, I feel like I'm not shortchanging the Patriots at all. The Patriots are a dysfunctional franchise right now. They have no deep threat. So, in no. other words, you may say, okay, what are, the, what are the Colts not good at? Well, they're not good on the outside. Their corners are not good on the outside. Well, you know what the Patriots don't do? You know what Mac Jones doesn't throw? You know what the wide receivers they don't have? And, the, and those are the guys that can exploit you. Uh, on the outside. And so for me, in the Carolina game, Mark, they were able to hide their corners, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're outside yep. corners. Not Kenny Moore, who's who's on the inside. They were able to hide their outside corners by Kenny Moore being special, by Bryce Young kind of being a bum, and by De, you know DeForest Buckner and that defensive line getting something accomplished early on in that game. To me, the recipe is the same. You know Mac Brown is Stevenson, drop-off passes. He'll have his 45-yard 
yards rushing, a couple tight ends in the middle of the field, maybe even Juju Smith-Schuster in the middle of the field. But Hunter uh, Henry. Yeah, yeah. you cannot make Mac Jones, who is a regressing quarterback, you cannot make him look good. Uh, to me, the, the interesting thing about the predictions here – if KB is right in the score 16-13, that would break the streak of the Colts scoring 20 points in a game. Mm-hmm. And they're the only team to do so. Not that that matters too much. If you win the game 3 nothing, hell, you'll take it. German I, fans would be excited. There's a few field goals and, and, in there. Yeah, I mean, a lot. Yeah, and, McKay! Woo. And, and listen, I've been clear. For this team to get to 5-5, five and five, to get the bye week to where maybe someone like Juju Brents, Josh Downs, I think that's the other thing. Josh Downs not playing in this game is, is what gives me the most pause. It's not the run defense of the Patriots. It's not the Hall of Fame coach in Belichick. It's not the fact that it's over in Germany or the stadium or the weather or the field surface or anything else. Josh Downs is good for seven, eight targets. He's good. You know, he's good for a touchdown. He's good for 70 plus yards receiving. He runs different routes. We talked about that earlier in the week. Uh, to me, him not being here worries me. Mm-hmm. It worries me a lot. We did the segment yesterday where. You know, Jim Bob Cooter and Shane Steichen are both well. Next man up, there is no next man up. There's not. No. Isaiah McKenzie, two catches, 12 yards, had a fumble um, uh, on Sunday against Carolina. He is not the answer. He's never been the answer. He's a fine player, uh, but, you know, I, this might have to be a Pierce game. Pierce might have to have a couple catches. He's the Halsey man. Yeah, he might have to draw a PI, which he's rather good at. So, uh, to me, I think they get over 20. I think the offense needs to make a boom play. I think the defense is going to have to make a boom play and probably a couple field goals from Matt Gay. Uh, but I'll go 23-17. Get to 5-5. Five and five, Get Downs healthy. Get Juju Brents healthy. And then focus on Tampa Bay. Pretty and wild it, to think that they're not playing again until after Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, it's showing you how fast the I, I season's just, flying it, by. It, 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 it always does, and it's so sad. But again, Tampa Bay this week... Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the Titans, uh, and then they have at Niners. So mm-hmm. they are going to go through t- two tough physical games before they limp into Lucas Oil. Getting to five and five, having an opportunity at Lucas Oil to get to six and five, is how you dig yourself out and you give yourself a chance to play mid to late November games into December games that absolutely do matter. And real quick before we get out of here, we remiss if we didn't say Happy Veterans Day to all those that currently serve. Have served uh, paid the ultimate price for you got us. family members veterans day we uh, all I do, do right I, we all do i do yes yeah. so so we very much appreciate all the veterans all those that go and do the ultimate sacrifice for everybody and all that so everybody have a safe Happy Veterans Day to all those out there. Uh, really appreciate everything you guys do. Yeah, good show today. Again, Jake coming your way at noon. Query and Company, JMV at 3 o'clock. Have a good weekend. See you Monday.